0: Free Talk Live, you can take control of the airwaves if you dial in toll-free, 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. And joining you tonight, it's Ian here. And Wade. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you all the features on the site completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Of course, uh, we will take your calls about anything. To start things out tonight, though, a story from the Lou Rockwell blog William Grigg reporting on it, and originally it came out of New York, I believe uh, CBS News or various other, uh, I guess it's being reported all across the state, where folks were arrested. A couple parents, Richard and Marge, uh, Marjorie, Margie rather, Cressy, homeschooling parents of four children who live in Glen, New York, were assaulted and kidnapped by local tax feeders for the supposed crime of educating their children at home. Oh dear without receiving the required benediction from the local high priest of the educrat cult. That's Mm. how the story should be reported. The court stenographers for Leviathan's regional appendage described those events as follows. A Montgomery County couple, this is an excerpt from the article, has been arrested on child and endangerment charges for failing to register their children with the school district as they were homeschooled, according to the sheriff's office. And uh, Grigg says that under the pernicious doctrine of patrie patriae, a, the default assumption
1: is that children belong to the state. Uh-huh. Yeah, that really is it. I mean, yeah. wh- what else could it possibly mean? If you have failed to register your child with the local uh, you know, school board or whatever, who owns the kid? You're, da- it's, you're a <laughs> dangerous person if you don't obey the state. I, I shouldn't <laughs> suggest that uh, parents own children, but I'm just, whose who's child is it? Well, yes. A parent brings, chooses to bring the child into
2: the world, and they do have the responsibility of educating their child as they see fit, even
0: if someone else doesn't agree with it. Yeah. Well, apparently you have the responsibility to report to your masters in the state whenever you have children and you want to homeschool them. In this case, they uh, they got away with it for seven years until somebody snitched them out, as Greg will point out here in a few moments. But under that scheme, parents, uh, whether biological or adopted, are granted the highly conditional privilege of feeding, housing, and otherwise caring for children unless and until the state decides to claim them as its own. In the story broadcast by WRGB, Albany's ABC affiliate, the parents are treated as entirely incidental to the matter of educating their own offspring. The Episcene newsreader uh, exudes incredulous disapproval as he observes that the Crezzies failed to register their children with the school district seven years ago. How was this allowed to happen? Who should be held accountable? Demands the anchor person, handing the baton to the correspondent who asks the local education commissar if these children fell through the cracks. The news clip is entitled Homeschooled or Forgotten, conveying the message that children who are raised, educated, and cared for by parents without the state's blessing are neglected by definition. In classic totalitarian police state fashion, the Cressys were arrested on the basis of an anonymous tip. So who should be held accountable? The correspondent come prosecutor asks an unidentified police officer near the end of a clip. Well, the parents, replies the officer, a tax feeder of ample carriage. It's not the school's fault. The schools are doing the right thing, trying to get the parents to file the proper paperwork, which they have now. The law requires that certain forms be filled out and uh, disfigured with specific official signatures. No actual crime was committed here, of course, but like the Vogons who populate Douglas Adams' neo-Swiftian sci-fi novels, an interstellar race of intellectually torpid, morbidly obese bureaucrats, the county miseducation establishment and its enforcers were willing to kill, if necessary, two parents and steal their children because the necessary paperwork... Hadn't been filled out. Your papers, please. And this is coming, this story coming on some news I saw on one of the local forums that we brought, broadcast this show from New Hampshire. Somebody had posted that uh, I guess there's some new uh, a n- a new homeschooling bill, some new legislation that's been passed here in New Hampshire. Passed? My but, under- well, well, maybe the governor was hasn't one proposed. I heard that the House passed it. I don't know if it's been signed by the governor, but the uh, the House passed this new legislation, which dramatically increases uh, control and regulation over homeschoolers. When did they
1: do that? Because the I, House I hasn't just even saw met a post yet.
0: today about it. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I. I the person who posted it seemed to have some knowledge about what they were talking.
1: Uh, well, um, the last time they proposed a homeschool bill, they it they turned out hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, oh, of well dressed mothers and, and <laughs> children in tow, um, all that descended upon the state house and and the the, the Democrats that uh, proposed it could do nothing but skulk about and try to hide. Uh, they actually had to move the meeting into the, the the big state house room that seats all 400 of the uh, the legislators here in new hampshire because they just couldn't fit it anyplace else and then the line went down the stairs twice and then out into the um uh you know lobby and then out into the front of the the building there were so many people the building really couldn't house us
0: okay well i don't know what all the details are but it's my understanding that something has been passed whether it has or not um the point i wanted to make still stands and that is that if these homeschoolers want to stop this regulation and want to stop these controls. It's great for them to show up and complain at the the state house. Maybe that'll work. But if it, this has gone ahead and let's presume this has happened, uh, as this person has said it uh, it has, then I think that it's it's high time these homeschoolers, the hundreds and hundreds of them, should just. Stop obeying the homeschool regulations, whatever they currently are. I don't know if you have to send in your curriculum or have it approved or Yeah,
1: I don't know what it is either. And really, the question is, how is it incumbent upon me to find out? If if I choose that I want to you're, homeschool, you're
0: owned by the state, right? And that's
1: that's the only thing that you can really come up with from here is that uh, you know when my son gets old enough to go into kindergarten, which is now mandatory in this state, um, I'm going to decide that we're going to homeschool him. Although I will have been teaching him along the way, and we're we're buying him educational uh, tools today. Um, so, I mean, I'm not exactly sure what this whole educational process, that it's going to be so much better when he gets to, to public school and they can really indoctrinate him and in all that good stuff that they're interested in doing. But, um, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know what the paperwork is that, uh, that I'm supposed to fill out, and I don't see why I should have to go find it out.
0: Yeah, it's according to just a quick search here. It looks like they did vote on this today. So okay. apparently it was, according to at least the report I've heard, it was passed.
1: Was it in the the house or the st- yeah the, the the state house has passed this. Okay.
0: So that but, doesn't mean it's over. Right. You know they they still have a ways to go on this. Apparently it was marked as inexpedient to legislate, which is a recommendation from the committee so that it says that it shouldn't be passed. But it was passed even though it was marked inexpedient to to I legislate. I trick. So, again, I, I would suggest that these homeschooling folks, if this does go through and it is passed, and I suggest this anywhere, uh, not just here in New Hampshire, but anywhere, just stop obeying. Go ahead. How many uh, parents can they put in jail? How many homeschooling parents? If you've got hundreds of parents that are homeschooling their children and they all just decide to get together because the homeschooling uh parents and the families are fairly well networked they're 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 connected you know they they get together for field trips they get together for uh, for parties and and socializing and, and things like that they bring their kids together so they can have that social experience that everybody always claims well if you're homeschooled you don't get to socialize your kids well it's nonsense now mm-hmm. that we have the internet people who are homeschooled can meet up with one another we just keep them away from the
1: kids that don't want to be in school
0: Right. So uh, so since the homeschool people are so well-networked, it shouldn't be a very hard uh, matter for them to just simply start talking about and then hopefully implementing the ideas of non-cooperation. You know, hey, government people, we've gone along with your – we've jumped through your hoops so far, but we've had about enough of it. And in fact – not only are we not going to follow this new legislation that you've passed, we're also not going to follow any of your other rules at this point anymore. So thank you. Goodbye. We'll just take care of our own kids. Don't you worry about us. You know, it was funny. Last year at the hearing, this one woman got up
2: who was clearly on the side of this increased regulation, and she started saying, Oh, wouldn't it be wonderful to have all these wonderful, smart, well behaved children back in our school system? Lady, don't you get it? The reason why they are intelligent and well-behaved is that <laughs> they don't go to your damn schools.
1: Right, and your schools stink. We don't want to send our kids to them. You there you go. I mean, that's that's <laughs> right. the long and the short of it. I mean, I don't care whether it's the best public school in the nation. The fact is, most people, if you ask them, do you think that you get a better um, you know, education from the public school system or from the private school system, well... They'll most, the most, By and large, they'll sell, say the private school system. What's that mean? I mean, it's it's clear. It, public schools is really just welfare for middle class people. And it's it's sad the way they're run. It's sad how little care their bureaucrats have. And if you want your child to have the best education, the best thing you can do is provide it for them.
0: Toll-free number eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. Take your calls here in a moment and anything goes. It's Free Talk Live.
3: This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Ovaltine, nutritious vitamins and minerals and a delicious chocolate taste for your picky eaters. Be sure to visit us at OvaltineUSA.com. With kids, food battles are more about control than about food. If you want to avoid a battle with your picky eater, give them a say in what they eat. At dinner, let them choose between broccoli or fruit salad. At the supermarket, give them three cereals to pick from. The more control they have, the less there is to argue about. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com yourfamilytoday.
0: This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything by dialing in toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231, and you can join us on our brand-new website, Free Talk Live 2.0. You can go and see how much more interactive it is, completely redesigned pretty much from the ground up to make it a much more community-oriented website where you get to create the content, you get to uh, vote on the content that you want to see, or rather hear, because we'll be using our own website now for uh, show prep purposes. You can go to freetalklive.com and uh, enjoy it for free. And don't forget that uh, you need to know about School Sucks Podcast. The public school system sucks off the productive capacity of hardworking people. And whether public education succeeds or fails, spoiler alert, it fails. At providing real education to the public, the cost goes up and up year after year. There are no refunds. Oh, and it also destroys individualism and curiosity. School Sucks Podcast is a show about the end of public education, or as I prefer to call it, government education. Visit com to learn more. That's School Sucks Project. Dot .com and that ties right into what we've been talking about here and that is that the government schools are awful and that people need to get their kids the hell out of them as soon as they uh, as soon as they possibly can. Unfortunately, that's not where the control ends. Once you get your kids out of the government school, the government people are so uh, they have such hubris they believe that they own your children, even though they aren't going to the government schools. And so they demand that you register them like they're your car or something. Register your children with the state if you're homeschooling them. And I I realize the regulations are different uh, across the various different 50 states. But the story we we're talking about was out of New York where, well, that's the Empire State. I'm sure they're not the most friendly uh, toward homeschoolers. Yeah. And they actually arrested a couple of parents because they hadn't registered their kids or submitted the curriculum or whatever the other mandates were that had been placed upon them. Some some do-gooder neighbor of theirs snitched them out anonymously, and the cops came and arrested their parents. It's
2: crazy. And these parents are already paying the exorbitant school taxes in that mm-hmm. town, I'm sure, whether they're renting or owning.
0: Well, and I think that would be the, the next ideal step. Obviously, I don't have kids, so I don't get to do any of this stuff, but... What I'd love to see happen is homeschoolers get together and say, this is it. We're not submitting you any curriculum anymore. We're not going to register our kids with you anymore. You're not getting paperwork from us. You're not getting. uh," In fact, that I think would be the great first step. The next step would be to say in mass, the homeschoolers have them say to the state and we're not going to pay for your schools anymore. That would be the ultimate step, really would. That stuff is going to go on anyway. There's been a f- several stories in the
2: last week or two about how the uh, state budgets now are in the hole, almost $180 billion around the U.S., and there's going to be a lot of budget cuts in schools and in uh, other state services as well. And this is just the beginning. I think in a few years I don't think this is going to matter because they're not going to want your kid to be in school because they can't afford it.
0: Let's continue here with your phone calls. You can bring up absolutely anything. We'll go to Brent in South Carolina. Brent, you're on Free Talk Live.
4: Hey guys, um, hey. I was calling on in about online gaming addictions. Sure. And I'm gonna have to disagree with Mark. I think he's confusing an addiction with a dependency. Um, uh, the dependency a would sy- be like more of synonym. a physical thing where you can't stop using, you know, like a drug like heroin or something.
0: Well, I, I, I disagree with you because uh are synonyms in the dictionary. Adi- well, dependency I just think and addiction.
4: That's what it says, you know, in the DSM that psychiatrists use. They kinda different um you know, the two terms have a different meaning in the for the psychiatrist at least. So, you know.
1: Uh, you know i obviously i'm on the, uh, the the losing end as far as popularity goes uh, on this one but i just feel that the word addiction has been watered down that uh, people the people that make money on uh, treating addictions whatever those those might be and the people that uh, that have them that wish to abdicate responsibility for their behavior tend to use this this term uh, this superlative term and to to my mind to describe a habit um, or something that is that they like to do um, and that they, in, in that way, they, you know, people, uh, people take other people's power away or their own power away by using this term.
5: Yeah,
4: but as far as video gaming um, goes in particular, it can have a very powerful effect on somebody. And um, because I have been playing the game since I was five, and then um, when World of Warcraft came out, I was totally addicted to it, and it, I mean, changed my personality. I mean, my parents just, they always talked about how different I was when I played it, mm. and it affected my grades. I mean, it was a huge deal, and, you know, it's, I, it I affect- think it can have a very strong effect. So, how did it I mean, affect your personality? Like you, well, now?
1: How did it affect your personality?
4: You just, you always want to play the game. If mm-hmm. you don't have access to it, um, you get irritated, agitated. You don't want to, you know, hang out with friends and stuff like that
0: so what was uh when when did you start playing World of Warcraft when did you quit how did you end up getting out what was your story
4: um, well it came out in 2004 I think and that's mm-hmm. when I started I've been a big fan of the company's games and all that so you know I got r- right on it and uh, I was it was kind of a bad time in my life so I probably started out playing more than I should but it kind of took on a life of its own after that you know I and um
0: and you were still living with your parents at this time?
4: Right, right. I, I was. Yeah. I, and it was my second year in college and I kind of didn't know you know what I wanted to do in life and stuff like that. So I just started playing, you know, um, WoW all the time. And I played pretty hardcore for over a year. And then I started to come back somewhat. I just started to see what kind of an effect it had on my life. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, I wasn't going to go anywhere <laughs> sitting around playing video games all day, sure. um, making bad grades in college and stuff like that. And
0: So your
4: work wasn't getting done. Played on and off, you know, since then. But
0: mm-hmm.
4: it's, <laughs> it's it's pretty powerful. It's hard for someone that hasn't been involved in it to understand. You know, you, it's easy to look in and say, "Oh, that's just a bunch of geeks with their, you know, elves and swords and all that." But it's it's pretty
0: powerful. So, using your your uh, terminology, would you call what you experienced a dependency or an addiction or a habit?
4: I mean, I would say it's more um, of an addiction. I mean, you know, I would obviously live if i didn't have the game but i would be you know in some state of turmoil over you know if i couldn't play um i mean <laughs> my, my parents cut off the power a time or two <laughs> in my in my room and um upstairs where my room is because you know they i saw what i was doing and you know it <laughs> i was not very happy about that as you can imagine
0: so do you feel like it was uh it was a worthwhile experience for you
4: um you mean the quid or to play the game?
0: Just the whole thing in general. I mean, do you do you, do you regret it at all?
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I, do. I do regret it. I've um, had to really <laughs> um, work my butt off in school to bring up my grades, mm. and it's, I've almost got a, a, a phobia now about um, not doing good in school and things like that. Um, because because of that, I've it's, <laughs> I'm kind of like nervous and stuff and just about my grades and everything in life, just because I'm always, that has, I guess, um, pushed me over the edge as far as me having to, wanting to succeed. So I guess that's a good, uh, in a way, a good thing. But and your also, parents I guess were I'm paying, trying to um, overcompensate you, in a way, too. Were
0: your parents paying for the college, too?
4: Um, well, <laughs> that's another story. Um, I transferred colleges, and they were paying for the first one, and I am now in, uh, in paying for the second one. And, um, you know, and, and taking out loans for it, they refused to pay any longer um,
0: because... Uh, I don't blame them because you were blowing <laughs> their money. Hey, thanks. Glad you got out of it. Uh, and thanks. Glad you got it under control at this point. And I thank you for the call tonight at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. We were talking about addictions last night, and uh, you can talk about it tonight, too. You can bring up anything you want. This is Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. Take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the Sickle CAI toll-free line, one 800 259 tonight it's ian with you and wayne and mark and you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com the features are free so enjoy those and the features uh, by the way include our updates you can go to updates.freetalklive.com get on the updates list and you'll know first what's going on with the show when uh, we send out the info you'll be uh, in the loop at updates.freetalklive.com fact just sent one out moments before we started the show tonight We're in the midst of a technical transition. We just launched the new freetalklive.com website the other day, but we've had, I guess, for the last month or so, some problems with Apple's iTunes on some of their mobile devices. I guess if you attempt to access the Live podcast on either, I think, the iPhone and the iPod, which both have the, the ability to do that sort of thing. It's been broken for some reason, and it's not broken anywhere else, so we didn't know what was going on. We got in touch with Apple, and they weren't sure what was going on either, so they suggested that we create a new podcast altogether, uh, which means that... We're going to have to transition everybody over to this uh, this new podcast. It shouldn't be a big deal. There's technical ways to do this to where it should be pretty much transparent to everybody. I just wanted to let folks know that uh, we do have a brand new podcast URL. The old one should still be working, uh, but you may want to take that new URL and put it into your podcast clients. Just as a heads up, uh, you can get it right
1: there on the front page of the website at freetalklive.com. So, if you've been thinking to yourself that I really do need to uh, get some precious metals, put them aside for, I don't know whether it, you know, it, would, it seems clear to me that the dollar has been inflated by the federal government. Uh, they've printed a whole, whole bunch of them. Trillions. And the, right. And, and those chickens have to, at some point or another, come home to roost. And they will. You're right, and so the the best thing to do with your money right now is put a, a certain amount, whether it's five percent or ten percent, away every single week or or week or whatever it is that you get paid. Put a you know a certain amount away, uh, away and save it, because you know when that when those when those chickens do come home to roost, the dollars that you're earning won't be worth nearly as much, and the dollars that you've saved will be worth significantly more. And Free Talk Live has a program that we've put together in order to help you save on a weekly or biweekly basis um, with our sponsor and and, and syndicate, uh, Midas Resources. I'm going to give you a telephone number here, and what you do is you call this telephone number and you tell them you want to put, you know, a certain amount of either Lakota Nation silver rounds or um, U.S. E- uh, U.S. Eagles or British sovereigns or you know Montana silver reserves, whatever. We have we have several different types of gold and silver. And um, you can you can see the ones that we have at silver.freetalklive.com. But if you want to do the layaway, which is what I'm telling you about, you have to call this telephone number I'm going to give you. But you tell them that you want to put it put them away. You want to put 25 coins or um, away because the shipping's basically the same for one as it is for 25, and that you want to pay on them weekly. So they'll ask you for a certain amount of money, to, you know, today over a credit card or whatever, and then you uh, then you can pay on it, uh, you know, uh, on a regular basis. The number is 877-857. Ninety nine thirty eight. It's eight seven seven eight five seven ninety nine thirty eight. I don't know where else you can get an offer like this. I don't know who else will take, uh, you know, small amounts uh, like this for silver or gold and then, you know, save it up for you and send it to you when when you're done paying it off and then do it all over again so that you can have in your hand precious metals that are a great hedge against the inflation that is coming down the pipe. It's coming. Don't act like I didn't warn you.
0: All right, let's continue with your phone calls about whatever you want. Tommy's listening to KBYO-FM in Louisiana. Tommy, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Hey, how are you doing today? Just great, Tommy. What's on your mind?
6: Uh, I have a comment about, uh, you were talking about the homeschoolers and requiring them maybe not to uh, register with the local state. I mean, with the states. Um, I believe that would be a mistake, that it's uh, not so much they want to track them, but the other than they need to require that kids do go to college, um, and go to school uh, because if not, then you'll have several parents, I'm not talking about homeschoolers, but just other parents who don't make their kids get up and behave and do what they're supposed to do, and then all of a sudden they're not in school and they're not making failing grades, and they say, so, well, oh, we're homeschooling them. You know, so do you there needs those... to be some type of requirement or something, some way to track these kids to make sure that they are in school and, of course, they're behaving and learning while they are in school.
1: So, um, do you think that because um, some parents might do that, that I should have to report to the state my kid and well, what I he's think,
6: doing? I, yeah, I mean, I, I believe all should report to the state. Uh, I can only. But I don't I like the state. The, all, all Louisiana, we don't track the attendance in Louisiana of the homeschoolers.
1: But I don't think that just, the state. We, we owns...
6: just track the attendance of those who are in uh, public schools or charter schools. Uh, but, but it becomes it would become a scapegoat for many. Students who are not doing what you're supposed
5: to be doing. So they're
1: they're not tracking them in Louisiana. Is it is it has it been a scapegoat? Are you seeing a lot of kids running around, va- vandals and hoodlums running around the streets un- unchecked? I see that now, with no, I, I mean
6: we, I mean if we do, I mean in Louisiana, once a child reaches three days of, of being either tardy or uh, absent, um, then we send you know letters of notification. We send that on, on three, five, and seven, and then on number ten. Then they're brought before the judge. Do you so work for the state? Why they're not in school?
0: Do you work for the state?
6: I do. I work for. I'm a, I'm a
1: principal. Now, um, I don't. Well, my kids, my, my kids go to private schools, but I, I'm. No, of course they. Of course they school. do. Because why all is that? Right. Public school officials always send their kids to private school.
0: Why, why is it that you send your kids to private school?
6: Well, I mean, well, I'm a I'm a product of uh private school myself.
5: Uh-huh.
6: Uh I just happen to work an hour away from. You know where I live at. You know, but uh, I mean, I, I, I have been a. I, I used to. I mean, five years ago, I was the principal of a private school. You know, and now I'm principal of a public school. You know, so I mean, it's not.
0: So, but but you to answer the question, why do you send well, your I'm kids sorry. to a private school?
6: Uh, because I'm the I'm, again, I'm the product of a private school, and I just that's the way I was I was raised Catholic, and you know, I just was raised that way, so I wanted mine to to go to a Catholic school
1: because it's better.
6: Well, I'm not saying it's better. I mean, well, it's, well, it's, uh, well, it's better
2: uh, for you, right? It's, it's uh, better I mean, for you and your family. I, was raised.
6: I mean, it's, not, it's, not, it's, like, it's like while I live in Louisiana, is Louisiana better than, than Minnesota? I mean, not necessarily. I just was raised in Louisiana, so therefore I wanted to live in Louisiana. Not that Boise is better than Minnesota. It's just you know well, the
5: way I was raised.
1: Philosophically, you you prefer for whatever reason. And philosophically, I prefer the idea of not having to report to a state uh, government bureaucrat what my child is doing. Is that okay for um, for me to do?
6: Uh, I mean, my my personal opinion is is no, because again, we can't allow just everyone to do what they would want to do. Because you could say philosophically you like to drive 102 miles per hour, or philosophically you don't want to, have to pay any taxes whatsoever. Philosophically, you think you need to be able to abuse your child if that's what you want to do. So no, we don't have these individual rights to that extent. And of course, there's limits to, to everything. Um, well, I, so I mean, there, so the answer to your question is no. I don't think you have the right uh, not to report. Uh, where your child is getting education. You don't has.
1: think I have that right? So that that means that then the state anybody has that right. Right, right, but but that's me. That includes me. So that, then the state right. then has the right to check on kids. And my question is, how did they get the right to come into my home and check on my kid? How was that right conferred to them? Uh,
6: my, again, my opinion would be uh, uh, either either through the elastic clause or to the general welfare clause. Because it's in the best interest. That, wait, wait, of the wait, 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 wait.
1: That's, Words the on con- paper, that's, that's the Constitution, and that was written by a bunch of people that don't have anything to do with me. They don't. They don't confer rights. Okay, those are just okay, people. I mean, writing... You,
6: you ask me a question, then you interrupt me before I fin- finish. But so let me so let me finish my thought, and then you can uh, you know debate the other side if that's what you want to do. Um, but again, it would be it's in the best interest of I can either states and or the government, the country that are. Citizens are as educated as possible.
1: Well, but the, our so, public school system is turning out, and, and this is according to their own numbers uh, 20% of the graduates, and I'm not talking about the dropouts, the graduates of public school are functionally illiterate. So, um, I, I, as, as far as I'm concerned, you could probably not go to school and figure out and get that kind of number.
6: I disagree
1: I, with that, but I mean, you but, think then
6: that. People,
0: again, Magister, I want to bring you back sorry, here. Just, hey, Tommy, Magister, hang on, if, it, if you will. I'd like you to hang on. I we'll want to continue this discussion. It's rare that we get such a high-ranking government bureaucrat on the phones with us here to uh, to chat with. So I hope you'll hold through here, and we can bring you back and continue discussing education and whether or not the state owns children, because it sure sounds like that's what he's saying. Uh, not in, the, in those words, of course. 800-259-9231. Hopefully more with Tommy coming up here in moments. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves. Just dial in toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI, 800 259 9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com. You can do it with any major credit card, PayPal, or some alternative options. It's all there for you. And you get perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, uh, the AMP-only forum, and more. Get all the details, get signed up, and help get Free Talk Live on more radio stations, because that's what AMP's all about. AMP stands for advertisement market and promote and that three bucks a month allows us to get on more uh, stations around the country advertise to them uh, go to industry conventions and uh, schmooze with the big wigs that sort of thing Uh, you can go and learn more at amp.freetalklive.com
1: hostgator is a worldwide leader for web hosting and they make it easy for you to get your own dot com domain name you create your very own website with their free website builder tools and templates Use the coupon code FTL, it's FTL as in Free Talk Live, and sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. It's HostGator.com, code FTL.
0: All right, so we're back, and I believe Tommy is still with us. Tommy, listening to hey. KBYO out in Louisiana in the Monroe area. Now, Tommy, you said uh, you, you'd called in to to critique us on what we were saying earlier about the homeschooling situation. The story that originally we started the show with was that a couple parents had been arrested in New York State because they didn't register their children with the state as being homeschooled. And, so, and you fully support that kind of thing, right?
6: Uh, again, I would, ha- I would have to know all the circumstances to, you know, what, what they were what they're, what they're actually arrested for. I mean, if you're telling me just because they didn't register, I don't know if I'd go that far. But, I mean, if they were brought in for counseling and they were given an opportunity to present their career, I mean, they have to go through a whole bunch of steps. Uh, uh, they didn't the go through science, any of I the think.
0: steps. They didn't.
6: Well, I, mean, I, I think that's wrong. I don't, I don't think, the, you think uh, I think
0: that's boundary.
6: So On that part, I mean, they should give everybody a chance to explain their side. Oh, I'm sure they gave yeah, them yeah. a
0: chance. No, is, Typically, what, what happens is the state will uh, send a threatening letter and they'll get that'll be their chance to uh, to come in and fill out whatever the paperwork is. And these folks did not uh, do that. They did not fill out the paperwork. They did not jump through the hoops. And so they were arrested for that. And uh, that's something that you support.
6: Again, I'd have to know the. I'd have to know the. You you say a threatening letter, I'd, I'd have to see the, the steps.
0: <laughs> I, I understand if, that you if, never if, think if, a letter if, from if the, the state if is threatening. If, if, the
6: way you, if, if the way you just you just described it happened, I would not support that. But I mean, if you're saying that that they never never report them and they were, you know, keep them there and never reported, had plenty of opportunities, you know, to do what they were supposed to do and then they didn't. I don't know if I'd arrest them, but I think I would have pulled them before and have them explain what's going you on. You pulled them you
0: know, before so what?
6: Uh, I would guess uh, juvenile. I'm assuming this state or court has a like a juvenile division uh-huh. to explain to them. You How know, would you pull why. them
0: before that? How would you do that?
6: Uh, now, what would happen in our system, I can only talk about our system. That's fine. Is that we would, that we would send them a notification letter mm-hmm. stating that uh, your child is five or six or whatever. And right. you uh, have not registered which state. You know, what are your intentions? Do you intend to homeschool them? Which is fine. So I'm going to play the parent here.
0: Tommy, I'm going to play the and, parent here. I understand. You, oh, sure. you, you send the notification. You need to do this. You need to do that. And I'm going to play the parent, okay? And I'm going to tell sure. you what I'll do. And then you can tell me what the state would do in, in response. You and your, your buddies over there. So yeah. I um, well, am well, going you, to you ignore... Keep, you,
6: keep say, you keep saying the state, but really it's a local matter. But go ahead. But when I say so the
0: really state, like I mean it. the government in general. I'm sorry if I'm not right, uh, being okay. clear. Right. Uh, so okay, the government people, so they send me this letter, and I get it in the mail, and I just decide to throw it out. What's next?
6: Okay. Uh, then I would, I, I believe the next thing would be is we would probably, uh, not a subpoena, I forget the word I'm looking for, but anyway. Registered. Some kind of notice on it, some kind of official notice, like a registering letter or something like that, where they have to actually sign for it thing. they actually did get it, not just a regular mail mm-hmm. kind of deal. Um, then I'm assuming you're going to throw that. I mean, you signed for it thing that you have received it, and I'm assuming you've thrown that letter away, I guess.
0: Maybe so, I won't sign you
6: know, for the, it. I don't know. I mean,. Pick one. Uh, I'll pick one. Will you sign or don't sign? Okay, We're I'm not going to sign it. The, I'm
0: not going <laughs> to sign. I don't want to read whatever that is. So you, can't be okay, good It's so coming you refuse, from the government.
6: You, you refuse to sign it. Uh, then uh, we'd get a little bit more stringent, and we would probably require you to come and subpoena you before hmm. a juvenile judge.
0: So so, so now, that means now that what you're, now, if I don't do that, if you if you send that notice of uh, of a court date and I don't go there, then what happens?
6: Okay, so you're. So now you're now you're getting into a civil Now you've gotten away from the homeschooling deal. Now you've gotten into civil disobedience because it, mm. that that would be just like a policeman pulls you over for speeding, and you said, I don't think I'm gonna stop for them. I think I'm just gonna keep on going and do what I want to do. <laughs> we is, have rights. We don't have the right to do whatever we want to do. I mean, <laughs> no such thing exists. So, I, so I guess to answer your question: uh, If you refuse to abide by the subpoena. Then I'm assuming once you didn't show up at the court, then your, uh, your, not court, but your hearing date, then they would probably more likely issue a warrant for your arrest for review, refusing to abide by court subpoena now um tommy, so that, along that lines, then i would support
1: that now tommy um we had previously talked about rights and you just brought them up again so i'd, I'd like to revisit that if i could and i'd kind of sure. asked you how did the government get the right and you pointed uh, to a couple of uh, clauses in the constitution and okay. um the constitution you know followed the rhetorical document of um of the declaration of independence and the declaration of independence claimed that rights were granted by a creator. And my question is, is how can a group of men who got who wrote the Constitution um, get together and then um, create some rights for an entity known as the government if these rights are granted by God? Did God grant um, the did, did God grant the United States government the right or the, the Louisiana or the school district of, uh, of Monroe or wherever did they did God give those entities the right to control the education of my child?
6: that part I couldn't really – you're saying God. I don't, I don't know about God gave you the rights. I don't know about that part. Well, do right. rights exist? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, you're asking me, does God give us the right to exist?
1: No, what no. I, I, I'm, what I'm asking is I –
6: mean, I don't know the answer to your other. I don't know the answer to that. I don't know if you're asking me, well, does the power of the state do, is being driven from directly from God? Now, I, I don't think I, – I guess my answer to that would be no. How about this uh, one?
1: Here's Mao Tung said that the power of the state came out of the barrel of a gun. Yeah. How about uh-huh.
6: that one? I'm sorry, say, I couldn't, you broke up for just a second. Uh, again.
1: Mao Tung said that the power of the state oh. comes from the barrel of a gun. How about that one? Do you think that's more likely?
6: Uh, you talking about ultimately? Yes. I guess, I mean, ultimately, I guess, in the end, so, the government has to somehow enforce their rules, I guess. So I guess so, ultimately that would probably be correct. I don't know if I'll subscribe to that, but I guess ultimately I guess that would be in the final analysis.
1: What if uh, I consider the, the government agency that's requiring me to report uh, you know, my child to them, whether it's the state or the local, depending on where you are, what if I consider that organization to be uh, corrupt and um, even in some cases evil? Should I have to oh, uh, report to that particular agency? And if um, I don't think I mean, that, I, that I, agency... I, I, is interested in oh, sorry, educating my child, but in fact that they're they're interested in raising like an, an automaton that they can use for their military uh, industrial complex. What if I think that that's now, the reason that they're educating children? Do would I do I still well, have a, um, an obligation and responsibility to turn my kid over to them?
6: Okay, well, you've asked a whole bunch of questions up in there, uh, and let me just kind of get to what I think is the root of what your what your question is. if I, if I don't answer, then restate. And I'll go back and answer what I what I didn't answer. Uh, because it sounded like what your question is that your state is requiring you to send your s- child to a state school that I do not support at all. I think under your what your question was, can you keep your child at home away from the evil empire over here mm-hmm. so they won't become an, uh, uh, a robot like you're talking about?
5: <laughs> and no, I would
6: agree. No, they shouldn't be required of that. But yes, you should report your. Uh, she, in my opinion, you should be able required to report. Where your child is getting education, whether you want to do it yourself, or whether you want a charter school to do it, or whatever different format.
2: But Tommy, but my answer
6: is yes. I think you do have to have to do it, but you don't have to have the state to educate them. You can do that yourself.
2: But Tommy, who and are I
6: these? Do that, I do think that's one of my rights.
2: Tommy, who are these people harming by not registering their kids with the, with the local authorities? Who are they hurting? Wouldn't you say that maybe? I, I, go, ahead. Ahead. You, no, go
6: ahead. No, I, I think. I mean, they're hurting, in my opinion, the overall. Um, That's really not the word I want. I'm gonna say the the respect, but it's really not the word I want to use. There has got to be some system within our government of rules that we have to follow, some basic. And I think educating our children is a basic need of this government. It's the only way I think that we will progress. Uh, If you look at, in my opinion, if you look at some of the other nations um, that are not as what we, we consider civilized or advanced or it's, it, to me, it's because of their lack of education, not necessarily public education, but their lack of education.
2: But
0: Tommy, I think we
6: do need to educate our child, whether we do it through ourselves... Or whether we do it through
1: a
0: government agency. Tommy, but, I want to thank you for uh, for sticking around here, yeah. and uh, I don't I got not think we gotta let him go because we've yeah. got, we had him on for a while. I'm sure you guys. And things thanks for do.
1: listening to the questions. Most yes. people don't. Yeah, yes. and y'all got a great show. Thanks. Thanks, Tommy. Appreciate thanks, Tommy. your
0: time tonight at 800-259-9231. That is the sacl CAI toll-free line. You can bring up what you want. Some fundamental disagreements there. Let's uh, let's talk a little more about the idea of who owns your kids here in a few moments. Hour number two
3: is coming up. Bring up anything. It's
0: Free Talk Live.
3: How long can you hold your breath? (sighs) Not long.
0: This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231, as we launch here into the second hour of the program. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And last hour, for those of you just tuning in, we started the show out with a story out of New York where a couple of uh, parents have been arrested because they didn't register their children as homeschooled. They were just basically off of the uh, the books for seven years until somebody snitched them out to the state, and the state came and, and arrested these folks over it. And the conversation kind of continued on, and then uh, toward the end of the hour, we had someone call in from um, Monroe, Louisiana, who identified himself uh, started talking about how we would do this and we would do that so i asked him well do you work
1: for the the government a lot of very specific numbers
0: yeah and uh, he said he was a school principal and so we started asking questions various different questions about well parents and the right to raise their children how they want to raise their kids and not have to report uh, how they're educating their kids to the government and that sort of thing and basically his excuse, or one of his excuses uh, was, and he was very nice about it. It uh, was
1: great. Inter- it was
0: great. Well, I wouldn't call it an interview, but <laughs> he, was, he was a great caller. It was an extended call. That was yeah. for sure. Uh, we held him on through, uh, through a full break and had him on for two segments. And very interesting. But essentially his position broke down to, well, it's in our best interest for the government to know where your kids are and how they're being educated because education is important. I agree that government that education Absolutely. is
1: important. One can't argue with that. And, and
0: that- so the government needs to know that all of uh, its children that it has purview over, I suppose, are are being educated. Well, well they getting
2: and, and all the children they're getting federal funding for. But the question is, in most cases, who has the children's best interests in mind? And I would contend it's the parents. Now, it doesn't it doesn't mean that teachers and t- uh, school administrators don't. But teachers and school administrators try
0: to get kids drugged up on Ritalin and different things, too. But, Wayne, what about the parents that are not going to give their kids an education? Because that was his scary story, right?
2: And there are some. That's a case in, in very, very few situations. But what about all the kids who drop out of school, or who never go to school, or just skate by, and or, or shoot up a school because they can't stand it? Well, and I, they're on drugs.
1: Right. And and I'd like to point out that I went to private school from kindergarten through eighth grade, and then I went to public school from ninth um through through twelfth. And in I was on the dean's list in private school. By the end of ninth grade, I had failed. Three different semesters. I can tell you that the care level of, of the government uh, bu- bureaucrats, although this guy Tommy may have been, a, you know, very caring bureaucrat, he may mm-hmm. very well have been. That it's just not there compared to private schools. And Tommy pointed out that he sent his kids to to private yes. school. And um, this this happens in uh, you know private teachers at, at public schools. Um, you know, by a, a number, I think it's two to one compared to the regular public. Send their kids to private schools, yeah. and I suspect it's because they know something that we don't. It, I'd like they to. They know the government school sucks. Right. I'd like to to address the idea of these uh, of of the parents that wouldn't send their kids to school. I think you should. It's an this, important one. Yeah. Uh, in, in this imaginary world, and this in this imaginary world where there's um, you know, the the government doesn't own your children and can't force them uh to, to go to school or report you report their yeah, the curriculum. In the world where they they shout fire in a crowded movie theater that (laughs) world so these um in if those parents didn't uh, those those parents currently have to send their kids to school or whatever right so they do because they're they're required to by law those are the kids by and large that you don't want your kids around anyway I mean, I'm sorry to say it, but most of those kids are from bad homes. I mean, you know, because education starts in the home. So these parents that are don't want to educate their kids who wouldn't if they didn't have to are probably have the bad kids. Sorry to say. Seems like a, a reasonable conclusion, but then again, maybe not. Maybe So now you're talking about this small segment of um, the population, which is parents that wouldn't send their kids to school. And then you're talking about the small segment of them, of those kids that wouldn't get sent to, cl- to school actually do get a good education and manage to make it somewhere in the world. Then you're, you're talking about, well, we have to have public schools... To, in order to educate the minuscule section of this minuscule section of the, the populace. And, and
0: everyone must be coerced into right. the system. Everybody has
1: to be forced to pay in order to to, um, to to educate that minuscule segment of a minuscule segment. And on top of that... The public schools, you know, everybody knows that they, uh, they're they just not as good. as, and, and their own numbers say that people are being kicked out with, uh, you know, functional literacy rates as high as, well, 20 percent on average and as high as 40 percent in some school districts. So I, I would contend that that minuscule segment of a minuscule segment probably wouldn't be isn't worth the incredible amount of funding that the public schools get because it costs at least double and sometimes triple. Mm-hmm. The amount to educate your average public school student as it does a private school student, I think the marketplace can handle this situation. I think that uh, charities and as a matter of fact, I, the reason that we have public school in this nation is because the Catholics were coming out and educating kids free. And the Protestants said, holy heck, we can't have that. We have to put up a, a government because they were the you know, they were they were in power. They were the majority. So we're going to get force everybody to have these government schools. And they, they taught Protestantism essentially in these government schools at that mm-hmm. time. And of course, they lost that power at some point. But as happens, right, you know, that, that, that the power of the state was wrested from their hands and now it's been given to the socialists. But, you know, that's that's the whole that's the that's the whole history behind this apparatus. Anyway, mm-hmm. somebody is going to educate these kids. And the only thing you can assume is that these would be the that um the parents uh, that, that wouldn't let their kids go to school, because I suppose the possibility exists that there's a parent out there that would Im- that would chain up a child and keep a child that actually wanted to go learn home. but it seems really unlikely now the child that doesn't want to go learn and the parent that doesn't want them to go learn what good are they in school anyway honestly that's true my mom was a teacher and she
2: used to say that a lot she said that there were a lot of kids that it was a shame they're being forced to go to school because they clearly didn't want to be there and and they were a disruption to all the kids who did want to learn
0: right let them come on their own terms to understanding why education is valuable yeah if if that's what happens, let's say worst case scenario. I mean, one of the worst case scenarios would be like you're saying, Mark. You've got a parent, trailer Tommy and uh, Mar- Marla. That uh, <laughs> there's
1: don't, your there's your prejudice against trailer. They part, don't want
0: they don't want to let their uh, their kid go out uh, to go to school. They keep them at home for would whatever reason. Would you fire reason. me from the
1: show if I if I lived in a trailer?
0: No, actually, I I like I think trailers they're fine. Go ahead. My parents used to have one. Not that I lived in one, but they had like this beach trailer, which was kind of a vacation thing. Anyway, um, just kind of trying to uh, to suggest white trash. How about that? White oh. trash parents <laughs> I, I that just, uh, that that don't want. What you think they're going to be educated people that are not going to want their kids to go to school? It's going to be ahead. the trash,
1: right? All right. So
0: so you got white trash uh, parents. Why does it have to be
1: white ones though? <laughs> trashy
0: parents <laughs> that uh, that don't want to send their kids. It's just you normally put the word white in front of trash. Anyway. Uh,
1: <laughs> got a There's a lot of normal mouth. words out there that aren't okay to say. Trashy parents
0: that don't want to send their kids to school, keeping their kid at home, and the kid, you know, the young person gets older. They're getting into maybe uh, you know, they're 10, 11, 12 years old. They're going to have to let them out at some time unless they literally are chained to the wall. And then they're going to find out that they can't uh, interact with people very effectively. And well, I think, might the
1: why. I think chaining a child to the wall is a crime. OK, yeah. And I mean, like I, I've got a problem with the chaining of a child to a wall. And I don't think that that's a truancy issue. Well, this guy's a separate issue. Yeah, that's a separate issue. Yeah, a separate issue. issue. You could. This guy I I mean, would say it's a crime not to educate your kids. Would it be okay for me to um to let my kid go to school, but when he comes back to chain him to the wall? No, chaining a child to the wall is a crime. But you know, right?
0: I'm, well, let me get, let me continue with my, my thought ahead. here, and that yeah. is that these, uh, for whatever reason, the kid is not being educated. Once he becomes more of his own person over time, he'll start to see the value in being able to interact with other human beings on a a certain intellectual level, and will come to the conclusion that he's going to want to learn. Uh, He's going to want to be able to talk to other kids that are uh, his age and people that are older than him, and and as time goes on, he may decide to seek out his his own education. He may go out there and uh, and look for options and go to the Catholic uh, school or go to whatever the charitable uh, options are that are out there for him because it would be in his hands it would become his responsibility at a certain point I I don't think it's it it just it wouldn't be the end of the world and no scary scenario justifies using force on everybody else it's like saying that well because some people are alcoholics that no one should be allowed to drink there's more coming Mm -hmm. up here at 800-259-9231 you can take control free talk live Help Free Talk Live via the AMP program for just $3 per month, and you'll get access to exclusive call-in lines, a chat room, and a forum at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give the features free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, And those features include our live streams, broadband version, dial-up version, even a a webcam, and listen lines. Go and get all the details and get tuned in at listen.freetalklive.com.
1: Are you interested in journalism and passionate about liberty and a college age student learn about print broadcast or investigative journalism by interning at a newspaper media network or state policy organization the pro this program from the uh, institute for humane studies includes a week-long career workshop a stipend and a housing assistance you can receive mentoring and uh, job search assistance during and after your internship placements are available uh, for the summer and fall you can uh, Uh, apply for the uh, summer placement by january the 31st so uh you know deadlines coming up here if you're interested in journalism or is a matter of fact uh you know state policy organizations or even production and the video and that kind of thing go to libertarian internships.com and uh, check it out it's not like jobs are easy to find out there these days it's libertarian internships.com you have to sign up in order to get more information there Libertarian internships.com.
0: So we've been talking about education and the scary story that we were told by an, a particular educational bureaucrat earlier is that, well, if you don't force everybody to uh, register their kids with a system, either send them to government school or register them for, uh, for that they're being homeschooled, alert the state to your curriculum, alert them to the fact that you're homeschooling your kids, that sort of thing then there could be parents that won't do those things. There could be parents that don't educate their children. And as you're pointing out, you're talking about a very, very small percentage of parents. I mean, who would do that to their kids? You'd have to be a sicko in order to do that. So you're talking about a a percentage of a percentage. And worst case scenario, that young person gets out into the world and learns on their own that, hey – this whole education thing is a pretty good idea. Mom and dad were wrong. I should go and educate myself. That's the I think the worst case scenario. Otherwise, well, I think that otherwise, parents that are less than interested in educating their kids will be pro- will be. Uh, essentially pressured to by social pressures, by other people, by ostracism and things like that. I don't want to hang out with uh, with people that uh, don't that don't value education. I don't I don't
1: like that. Right. right. I, I don't want to hang out with the toothless uh, kids that can't. Uh, well, you know, like this is the thing is I find that my son Jack is so interested in learning that you uh, that I really couldn't stop him anyway. Yeah. Um, I, I don't even know how I could, quite honestly. You know now he's pointing at every time he sees something that looks remotely like a cow. he points at it and says cow he's you know he's he's a little boy um he's twenty one months or something like that, and you know he's he he devours the books now I understand that some parents probably don't read to um, their children like I read to Jack if Jack brings me a book, I stop whatever I'm doing and I read the book to him. Then he hands me the same book, and I read the book again. <laughs> and then he'll hand the same book to me, and I'll read it again because, uh, you know— I, He likes it. He, li- he likes—you like what you like, right? And so, <laughs> you know, I understand that some parents won't do that, and I, I get it, but I don't, I don't even know how a child would not— Know, want to learn or anything like that and I can't
0: see no they would they'd just be crushed by their parents
1: yeah, maybe maybe you know they must be out there right parents that think sure. it's a good idea not to educate their children at all I can kind of get why some of them would say hey look once you've got reading and writing and arithmetic down it's time to get to work I've seen those kind of parents before but I can't I can't imagine anybody sending their most valuable possession out into the world uneducated as far as yeah adding subtracting and reading maybe i maybe i'm just a fool maybe maybe i'm just a, a an, an idealist i believe that everybody would want to educate their child but you're still talking about a significantly small amount of these of people out there and of those people how many of their children really are going to amount to much of anything and so uh, you know and not be just a drag on everybody else's kids who are trying to be educated in this uh, in this one size fits all government education system out there that we all have to pay for because otherwise people wouldn't send their kids to school uh, you know so that that small segment of kids that would want to learn whose parents don't want them to learn. I mean, that's a remarkably small percentage of the Absolutely. public But you have to pay three story. times as much but, to educate per student in the public school system. That's right. And weigh that against. Now, you know, my mom was a teacher. I
2: think most teachers have kids best interests in mind, but there's probably a heck of a lot more abusive or negligent teachers than there are uh, bad parents like he was describing. Wouldn't you say From I, I my would, experience? I don't know. Uh, I would say that, but the other
1: thing I want to I say I would also was, say that if there, if there was a, a sort of neglig—you uh, know, just a bad teacher, mm-hmm. that they're more likely to be in a public school than they are to be in a private school, because a private school doesn't yeah. have the same union rules that public schools do. the parents can get rid of do.
2: that teacher quickly, and I've seen that happen before, right, too. Right, because
1: they can
0: pull their kids out if they're not getting the kind of education they think they should be paying and, and for And the school to get. wants their money.
1: Right, and sure, I yeah. went to a private school where, um, you know, it was a it was a Christian school, and one of the teachers, Christianity was a little different than the rest. He was probably a little more fire and brimstoney than the, than mm. this particular school wanted. They just these were just uh, you know Republican uh, Christian type school, a- and um, they got rid of him. Because the parents complained. They mm-hmm. didn't want their kids scared um, into not dancing and not uh, doing, yeah. uh, you know, not playing Dungeons and Dragons or whatever it was that he was scaring um, the crap out of uh, the kids about at the time. We had a nun
2: one time. I went to Catholic school. And we had a nun who was telling us about how. Uh, Aliens from other planets were coming to this, this world, and, and, and they weren't talking about it on the news, and, and in 10 or 20 years from then, you know, it was going to be all over, and everyone was going to know about it, and it Poor scared family. these kids, and the, and the parents got really up in arms over it, but my point about uh, homeschooling is that homeschools are ultimately micro-private schools. And I think parents have been kind of forced into that in the last decade or two because I think the public school system has crowded out a lot of really good private schools because the cost of public education has kept rising so sharply that parents can't have no money left by the time they pay their school taxes to even think about sending their kids to a private school uh, in the middle class. Anyway, so I think the, the uh, private schools you see cater to the upper middle class and the upper class, but
1: the middle class private schools, I think, are, are a dying breed in this country. Well, and, and I'd also like to point out that when it comes to public school and it being essentially middle class welfare, that um, that isn't addressed by these, uh, you know, the scare tactics that are generally used by people, including uh, Tommy, who called in, um, which is, you know, even if you made truancy rules that said that uh, people had to re- you know report to schools and all that. Why is it that we all have to pay to send essentially people that uh, middle class people, people that have better cars than I do, I'm paying to send. Their kids to school. Mm-hmm. Why does that? Why is that? Why I'm are, a single it's man. It's for the I greater good. For this. It's for the greater good of but the community. But it's not though. I mean, everybody knows that those people would be better off sending their kids to private school if we just kept the system to educating the 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 poor people that couldn't afford to send their kids to school, and then forcing the ones that uh, wouldn't want to send their kids to school to have to send them to that same school. Then uh, you would have a significantly smaller public government school system, and you wouldn't have this mass indoctrination uh, center that's essentially meant to turn out uh, you know, uh, bodies for the military-industrial mm. complex and that's what it's or there for, for the factory workers. Right,
0: and, yeah. and whether Tommy knows it or not, and he didn't sound like he would uh, agree with that, like he, he's in that business because he believes he wants to help kids i'm sure get, he is i'm absolutely them. sure he is but there he are people like that, there are people and the, the people that originally founded the system it's the prussian system and john taylor gatto really talks about it in, in some of his national stuff. teacher of the year yeah yes. um what was it national i think it was new york state teacher of the year but nonetheless um he talks about it in his books about how these this school system this government school system is designed to turn out automatons like you were talking about more coming up this is free talk live This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231 tonight. It's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com features including our Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies that have taken the time to send us their validated photo or video showing they are indeed listeners to the program. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com, see what it's all about, and lady listeners certainly invited to uh, to get involved at shrine.freetalklive.com. Dot com And what if you found out the best liberty activists from around the world were moving to the same place in order to achieve liberty in their lifetimes? Would you want to join them? Well, it's happening and you can be a part of it. Join the Free State Project at FreeStateProject.org. That's FreeStateProject.org. And I'd have to say that amongst the uh, folks that are part of the Free State Project, there's a very large amount of people that are pretty into this homeschooling concept. Yeah. And uh, I think it's a great idea, just in general, to get liberty-minded people together. But bringing homeschoolers together is also uh, a good idea too. So uh, if if you're into homeschooling and you also understand what liberty is all about, and that is, you know, allowing your neighbors to be free so you can also be free and living your life so where to where you don't harm anyone else. Uh, then you should really look into the Free State Project because otherwise you're probably living in a place where regulations are
1: increasing on homeschooling,
0: where there are more controls being uh, put down all the time, more mandates, more requirements, more paperwork.
1: The state of California wanted um, homeschooling parents to be certified as teachers by the state of California. <laughs> I mean, absolutely ludicrous.
0: Talk about hoops to jump through. So right.
1: these Essentially, if the bureaucrats that uh, set up these rules, and by and large, they're – you know, public school bureaucrats. If they get their way, there will be no homeschoolers. Well, it's now, a turf war, Mark? Yep, it is a turf war. Now, and I'm not saying that the ones that we, the one that we talked to, Tommy, that just called in, I'm not saying that he feels that way. And I think he feels actually contrary to that. Mm-hmm. But um, it's it's all about mission creep. Yeah. you know at one point you're it's okay for you to educate your kid at home well it's okay for you to educate your kid at home as long as you sign this little piece of paper it's okay for you to ed- educate your kid at home as long as you sign this little paper and you teach the stuff that we um you know right. these Approved these specific, th- specific things well it's okay if you you know do it and you're certified to teach these specific things it's okay if you do it and you've gone through uh you know five four years of uh, a bachelor tra- baclorette training in uh, education and you've uh, teach the certified stuff that we say you're going to teach and you know you sign this little piece of paper the the rules just get piled on and piled on until there's no such thing as homeschooling anymore and that's how it goes and it's all done in the name of the children but who benefits the teachers union
0: all right Mm -hmm. so let's go to your phone calls frank is on the line in new york you're on free talk live hello frank Uh,
7: good evening it's cold as can be up here tonight Yes, sir. Uh no, it, it's very interesting, uh, what you said about the you know, public uh, the private schools for the middle class really uh being an oxymoron at this point in time. Uh a really good private education sort of at the uh uh New England prep schools or, you know, the uh runs at least sixty thousand dollars a year to go to Milton or Choate, uh Deerfield, uh, Andover. And it's really, uh, you know, a privilege of the elite uh, that can afford to send their children uh, to private schools that teach, you know, philosophy, literature, poetry, the arts, uh, so that they have a a good toolkit that, you know, 95% of the students emerging from public school uh, or parochial school don't seem to have. Now, what I do want to say about the – I'm all in favor of – homeschooling, and I'm also in favor of, you know, tutoring.
0: Before and you I go think, on, Frank, it doesn't have to cost $60,000 to send no, 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 that's a kid what to it private does. school. Right.
7: That's what it does. What I'm trying to say is that's what it does, and that doesn't include room and board. You'd probably add another fifteen grand onto that. Sure, so this, you're looking at does? the same tuition as you would at a, an elite private university right. uh, per year. And it really is, you know, sort of the bastion of the very wealthy and powerful and, uh You know, there are very few scholarships uh, now due to the high cost of the uh, tuitions and things. And it really bespeaks of a, you know, an unfair system uh, and also the use of privilege to protect that. But what I wanted to say about uh, homeschooling, what's great about homeschooling and tutoring is that uh, you can, you know, provide the curriculum that the students will need in life. Uh, An example, it wouldn't be uncommon for a student being homeschooled to have read, you know, the required uh, books in literature that you'd have in college or university for the first two years. Uh, Plus, uh, the students can be self-directed, and it also strengthens, you know, the bonds within the family. Now, what I find interesting is more and more mothers and fathers are being laid off due to the economy, they're going to be in a position whereby they could supervise a lot of homeschooling. And if you look at many of the big city schools, the public schools especially, you have increased violence, uh, you have a watered-down curriculum, and uh, even the socialization you know, that the program offers is quite questionable. If, if you're having to go through streets where there are drive-by shootings and stray bullets flying uh, left and right, uh, it takes a toll on the students and their ability to concentrate. So I think when our economic system breaks down, and as we're seeing in New York State right now, the state is at a deficit and our uh, governor Patterson is talking about the fact that he's not going to write any checks uh, you know to the uh, you know to pay the bills in a sense, just sort of wait until this thing mushrooms. Well, as soon as the teachers, aren't paid in the public schools. You're going to see teachers, you know, their attendance is going to disappear. And ultimately, as the economy breaks down in this country, uh, the only solution will be to homeschool. And uh, we have so many parents that have degrees in education, certified credits in education, you know, that it should be a breeze to homeschool. The only thing I would do if I were in a position whereby I could homeschool my kids I'd be able to do it with the exception of the uh, higher-level mathematics and probably the uh, physics and chemistry, even though I, I have Do you have children?
0: Those. No, I don't. Uh, just to point but something out fortunate. here, just just to point something out, one of the neat things that I've heard about, and I was not homeschooled. I went to the, go- the government schools, unfortunately, but uh, one of the neat things that that I have learned about is this idea called unschooling. Uh, which is a homeschool kind of uh, path where essentially you give your children the very basics that they need to essentially teach themselves, and they just kind of follow their own heart, you know? They just kind of go and they look for what they want. So they can teach themselves the math that uh, that you're talking about.
7: That's also the Waldorf method, whereby uh, students spend time in the classroom pursuing intellectual activities, and then they spend time you know, in the wood shop and doing different things in the kitchen, learning, integrating life with knowledge. And that's a wonderful, you know, methodology that can offer tremendous benefits. But what I'm concerned about is the fact that we're producing, you know, a generation of illiterates. I mean, by by, by stating the term illiterate, what I mean, I'm not putting anyone down. I'm just saying that the many of the high school graduates coming out can't function even at what was a sixth grade reading and writing level yeah. back in the 1960s, early 70s. So, in a sense, this dumbing down is basically done simply because uh, we really don't have a need to have an educated workforce considering that we've deindustrialized. When you had an industrial based economy and people had to understand complex fractions and decimals, especially, let's say, if they were making a product. Whereby they had to calculate the most optimum use of, let's say, a piece of paper in a printing lab or a printing press uh, to have the least amount of wastage. You had to know your math and you had to know how to make calculations and things. But since we've moved away from that, uh, as a result, I mean, uh, I think our political elite feels that if you have an educated. Uh, underclass, they're going to cause problems Yeah, absolutely, they're a threat
0: Thank you, Frank, for the call, you're absolutely right Thank you for that uh, tonight at 800-259-9231 If the the little people are too educated, too learned then they become more likely to become entrepreneurs, that means they're a threat to the established businessmen Uh, If they are too educated uh, they uh, might be threats to the politicians, Uh, so you want to keep them dumb Keep them dumb, keep them happy, right? Give them things to distract them with and uh, make sure they go to work and come home and then they go ahead and retire and don't ever question any of the circumstances around you because you're only a Republican or Democrat. That's what they teach you in school. More coming up, 800-259-9231. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. If you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, go to promote.freetalklive.com and get a whole list of things you can do to get Free Talk Live on more radio stations, into more ears around the Internet. And more, go to promote.freetalklive.com as we go to your phone calls. Still talking about education, but you are welcome to bring up anything. Gene is on the line in Tennessee. You're on Free Talk Live.
8: Hey, I wanted to talk to you about ed- public education in a place called Cold Bay, Alaska.
1: All right, sure. Cold Bay, Alaska. Got it.
8: And and this is going to challenge what Mark was saying earlier about uh You can't imagine any parents who don't want their kids to have an education. My wife's sister is now living in Cold Bay, Alaska with her husband, and she uh, substitutes part-time in the school. This is a community of 700 people living out on the Aleutian chain. Um, The kids there are growing up in a fishing village. The Mm -hmm. whole economy there is nothing but fishing. So most of them have no interest in uh, the sciences. They have no interest in higher mathematics. They really only need to know how to, string, uh, how, to how to run a fishing boat, really. That's all that they're looking forward to when they grow up, is running a fishing boat and making a living in fishing. So most of the kids up there don't really learn anything, and they're not interested in learning. So uh, really, why should they be forced to learn things
0: that they're never going to use?
1: I agree with that completely. So, uh, you know, they don't need to. You said higher mathematics. But, um, you know, honestly, I don't know what higher mathematics starts at, but I'm going to assume it starts with algebra. I didn't start algebra until the eighth grade. Um, so, I mean, you know, usually seventh, uh, sixth, seventh grade is uh, considered the end of formal, edu- you know, the, the basic education and the extra then the rest of that is sort of extra, I guess.
8: Well, these kids probably reading, writing, and arithmetic, the three R's, that's yeah. really all they need, and probably they don't need much of the third R there at all. They, you know, they know how to add two plus two, and that's probably all they really need well, you got to gotta
1: know. know some math to run a business, and running a fishing boat is running a business.
8: Well, a lot of these guys aren't running a business, they're merely following orders, because these fishing boats generally are pretty big, you know, they're... Most of the guys who are on there are simply grunts. You know, they're, they're working hands.
2: Okay. But somebody and, has to catch uh, fish. They
8: make money when they're out there fishing. They make a ton of money.
5: Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. You and they there.
8: live in a little village of 700 people where they don't really have anything to spend it on. So uh, they do pretty well up there. And uh, it's a totally different lifestyle. I mentioned in the past that uh, when he had his truck shipped up there, that the local sheriff just told them, you know, don't even worry about license tags and insurance and stuff like that. They don't bother with any of that stuff there. Wow. Um, well, they've only got probably 30 miles of road to drive on, So, and you can't drive in and out of the village. You have to ship your vehicle in or out.
1: Um, wow, okay. It, what do you need a truck for?
8: A different lifestyle. Well, just to get around. Uh, okay. he, he drives home and and he works in the clinic so he has to drive to the clinic and back home and they drive uh, you know up into the woods
1: northern to, exposures
8: to go hunting and stuff you know it's, right. it's quite a different lifestyle but
0: and it's just, not just that some people see in that as right the people like the Tommy earlier would see that as a tragedy that these uh, youngsters are not being exposed to to all of the different uh, thing, worldly wonders that they could be exposed to uh, should they have a much
1: more well-rounded education. I think I might consider it a tragedy that they don't get to see those things, but it doesn't mean that they won't have the opportunity later in life. Um, for instance, I, when I, you know people who listen to the show know this, but I, and I don't want to spring it on anybody, but I was in prison for nine years, and um, I had no interest in reading books prior to going, going to prison. Suddenly I had some time on my hands. And the whole and a world of literature opened up to me. Mm-hmm. And I made it my goal to read every classic I could get my hands off. Hands on. And I, you know, I, I, I tried to read them. Anything by Dostoevsky, I couldn't get through. It was just arduous. But um you know, I tried to read all these classics, and I did. well, I read a lot of classics. I certainly couldn't read them all, um, they just weren't available or or whatever. But um Yeah, all that stuff meant nothing to me right, when I, I was. Did in that my 20s. I didn't do that because some bureaucrat forced me to. Right. When they told me to read *Red Bad- Badge of Courage*, I, um, you know, and we had to do a group report on it with uh, uh, two or three people in the classroom. I flirted with the girl that was in my group, and I had her write the uh, the report for me. <laughs> I mean, that's I, I, had I did not read this stuff if I
0: could avoid reading it. I'm I was the same exact way in high school. I think that if p- if young people are just allowed to pursue their interests, they'll come across eventually in their own time. What they're most interested in and, and like you're saying, Mark, life changes, things happen and then that will lead to new exposures and and new experiences. and when they when they forced it on me, I did the exact same thing. I made crap up for the book reports or you know just flip through the pages and find something and and you know write the report about that and I never I, I don't I don't remember reading a single book with the exception of maybe anthem or something like that in in high school i I didn't even read the textbooks.
8: there's other places, other communities and other uh, lifestyles, even in the United States. If you go into the Ozark Mountains or if you go into uh, certain rural areas in Mississippi, you're going to find places where the kids aren't interested in learning anything and they don't really need to know much. You know, all they're going to do is uh, their little farming thing and... Uh, like I say, the three R's is basically all they need. They can learn that probably yeah. by third or fourth grade. And that's this okay. The idea that everybody needs to have a higher education, and you're neglecting your children if you don't do this, that, or the other thing. Ludicrous. Maybe that's all your child is going to do, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. What's wrong with being a farmer? What's wrong with being a fisherman? Is there is yep. there some is that some kind of neglect that your child is only a farmer or a fisherman? I don't or think mechanic. so.
1: That's, Me, you that's We need beauty. all those things. you Right. And I took trigonometry and I couldn't tell you what a sine, cosine or tangent are today. The very fact that I even know the words is simply because um, the, the teacher taught us a song. I don't remember anything about that stuff. So you know, the exposure to it was was one thing. But, you know, wh- what good is it doing me having taken that class these days?
8: I think there's some use to taking all classes because they teach you how to learn. But once you learn how to learn, it's it's a matter of finding the resources and reading them and studying them. So people, I think by the time you've gotten through third or fourth grade, you probably understand most of that. And if you don't, well, just do what you can do and and. Don't kill yourself over it. I mean, I don't understand why this, this big push. Most of this education isn't economically feasible anyway because people will go through, like you mentioned in the past, and get uh, uh, $200,000 in debt going through school, and then the rest of their life they wind up trying to pay that back. That's a tragedy.
5: Of, <laughs> yes, that yeah, is a tragedy. The
8: additional income they make over what uh, they would have yeah. made if they'd just taken a decent job. Is, is minimal by the time you get done paying all the interest and, uh, and the principal back.
0: So. Yep. And uh, th- and thank you so much, Gene, for the call tonight. I appreciate the thoughts. Let's go to Rich in Massachusetts. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Rich. Rich, Massachusetts. Hello. You're on the air. Hello. You're on the air, Rich. Go ahead. Hey, you guys. Hey, who's this? What's up? Oh, what, what, oh is this uh, the Family is Guy? It, family Guy? Yeah. Peter. Yes. Peter. Is this Peter from The Family Guy? Yes. Yes. Tell me something else, Peter. You have to open it up for these guys with the. I album.
9: have something to tell you. Okay, good.
0: Let, I'm let, not let it. Not
8: sure how to say this.
0: All right. I can handle. I'm it. fat. Yeah.
8: Let me give you a minute to absorb
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> to absorb the way
9: it is. It. It's, it's
0: nobody's cute. fault. But I decided to do something about it.
3: Oh yeah. What's that? Is that
0: a wait a minute. All right. We don't have That's that much a- time. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. I think we we're pretty pretty patient with that one. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. So, you know, one of the things I, I kind of observed while we were on the phone earlier with the, the school principal who was talking about how, well, if you don't have everybody who's forced to send their kids to school or forced to report or forced to register their kids then uh, there's going to be parents that won't send their kids to school. This kind of scary, extreme story, right? As we pointed out, it seems crazy to us that parents wouldn't want their kids to get educated. I mean, even in the society that Gene was talking about, the uh, out in the, uh, the islands, the Aleutian Islands, the chain, they, they still want their kids to know how to catch fish, right? I mean, they, they're, the parents there still want their kids to learn certain things. So the idea that there would be parents that didn't want their kids to learn anything pretty ludicrous. But it just goes to show that the advocates of the government system – Always have to go to the extreme example to try to to try to defend their uh, their status quo. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! If you didn't have our system and all of its mandates, then some parent out there might not send their kids to school. My God! If we didn't have government, then who would run the roads? If if we didn't have government police, there'd be people killing people out there. I mean, they just always have to go to the ludicrous extreme. To, uh, to try to even make a point. More coming up. 800-259-9231. Bring up what you want. Our three is on the way. It's Free Talk Live.
10: Attention.
0: This is Free Free Talk Live. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. It's brand new as of about a week ago now. I think it was uh, just about a week ago we launched our brand new site, FTL 2.0. Still ironing out the bugs. If you find one, report it at bugs.freetalklive.com. We'll take your calls tonight about anything. That's what we do every single night of the week. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. That's 800-259-9231. Mark, tell me about Interpol. What well, is the International Police Organization?
1: Apparently they've uh they they they've got more power now than the CIA and the FBI. That's a lot of power. From Slashdot.com, dot com a couple of weeks ago without any fanfare or notice in the media President, and I did actually notice some in, in, in the in the media. President Obama granted Interpol full diplomatic immunity while conducting investigations on American soil. While Interpol was allowed to operate in the U.S. in the past under an executive order by President Reagan, they've had to follow the same rules as the FBI and the CIA. Which
0: means virtually none,
1: (laughs) right? Because the CIA and the FBI just kind of write their own rules. Right. While on American soil, this means, among other things, that um, the new executive order makes Interpol immune from the Freedom of Information Act now that's interesting well but the fbi and the cia are largely immune too because they'll just stonewall yeah. and, and drag right. their feet and, and they then, can
0: redact it, things as well right,
1: all kinds of stuff so whatever but anyway um in freedom of information act requests that interpol agents cannot be punished for most any crimes that they may commit hopefully the worst thing that we'll see um from this interpol agents um from this is interpol agents during their speeding tickets I don't think so, though. Um, This is another scary thing that, uh, you know, bothers people that uh, might believe that there might be a one world government coming on. You know, I can't say I'm not in that camp. I may not be firmly in that camp, but I'm. It, it frightens me, the idea of consolidation of power to extra um, national organizations, and that's ju- this is just another instance.
0: It is definitely an indicator of, th- of things to come, and they've made no bones about their instant uh, their interest, that is the government people, their interests in expanding the purview of the state to being some sort of an international governmental organization. There's, that's no secret. Right. There are
2: conspiracy. There are also a lot of elected officials and international bureaucrats who are openly coming out now and talking about this stuff, although they called a lot of the people who believed in that there was one world government coming crazy for decades. Now it seems to be coming out in the open where you're hearing more and more quotes from people like Gordon Brown and Sarkozy and uh, the uh, Merkel from Germany talking about. New World Order, One World Order, World Government. I mean, it's, it's really kind of spooky. It's I feel like I'm in a dream sometimes.
0: Let's go to your phone calls. You can bring up absolutely anything. We've got Ryan on the line in Canada. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Ryan. Hey, how's it going, guys? What's on your mind tonight, Ryan? Uh,
9: you know what really scares me is copyright laws
5: and hmm.
0: how
9: crazy they've gotten mixed in with the government and federally uh, monitoring them. It's gotten to the point now where if you buy a piece of equipment and uh, bring it home, and you modify it, you can be thrown in prison for something you have purchased.
0: Are are you you talking about, like, uh, I mean, for example, what pops to my mind would be modifying a game, uh, like a PlayStation or something like that?
9: Yeah, something like that, something that you've legitimately purchased, and you would like to make a backup because you don't, you don't want to get broken, right? The stuff's expensive. Right. You know, and,
1: uh, you would you would be led to believe when you buy software or um, CDs or anything like that that you're buying a license for that thing to to operate it. So if that's true, then you should be able to copy a CD um, for you know in case you break the original or um, you know or any computer program or anything like that because you purchased the license to it. But you're kind of actually in reality buying the license and the actual product of the CD sort of mixed together in the way that best benefits the company, which is, of course, the worst way for you.
9: Yeah, exactly. And it's it's, it's a it's not even like you're buying a product. It's like you're buying a contract now.
1: Yeah, but the contract, um, you know, it, it's a crappy contract because I can't even, uh, you know, I, I can't copy the CD and give it to friends because that's, a, you know, sort of against the whatever the contract is. Um, and I can't copy it and keep it for myself because that's bad somehow. It doesn't make any sense.
9: Like, uh, there was this guy, um, there's a, pop- a popular MMO called World of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. And uh, this guy had made this botting software for it, basically, that interfaced with it. He wasn't taking any of their software or modifying it in a drastic way. It just interfaced with it, and he got fined like forty-five million dollars.
1: What? Forty-five million. million. Wow. By 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 whom?
9: Uh, well, World of Warcraft sued him, and then he had to pay back all the damages subsequently to that, and then he had to play the Copyright Act law, which was like two hundred and fifty grand on top of all. Can World
0: you tell World me a Warcraft little more paid. about what? I mean, can you tell me a little more about what the mod did?
9: Okay, so basically, there's this uh, the giant world. You'd uh, this 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 creation that he did basically would just take control of your character. and it would just run around and kill things automatically. That's all it would do.
0: So essentially, was a robot that would uh, would run you around the game while you weren't there to play it. Yeah, pretty much and they essentially suggested that this was a violation of their uh, their their terms in that they they're demanding that their players actually physically
1: be there to play the game
9: yeah pretty much hmm
1: any chance that it uh, caused difficulty for the game i mean was it hard on uh, it would be
0: uncompetitive for toward the other players no no i
1: i mean was what about the the, the program itself of world of warcraft did it did it affect that adversely
0: Well, I think there was a lot of,
9: you know, buying and selling of gold and all that stuff, but the other MMOs, you know, compensated for that by opening up the market and, you know, letting people being able to buy and sell and trade things, etc. World of Warcraft is kind of had a harsh opposition towards anything to do with uh, any kind of opening. Like, if you read their privacy policy, here's another thing, too, with crazy copyright laws. They can ban your account for any reason without telling you for anything they feel like. And your hundred bucks is gone.
0: It's wait, hundred bucks? Yep. What?
9: If you uh, if you buy the game and you buy all the expansions, it runs you about a hundred bucks. You know. Plus,
0: how much a month is it for World of Warcraft?
9: It's uh, twenty bucks. Uh, wow,
0: that's a lot. I thought these things were like ten or eight or nine or something like that.
9: No, it's like fourteen ninety five. Mm. You got your first game, right? It's twenty bucks. You got your second expansion, it's like thirty bucks. You got your last one, it's like forty bucks. Mm-hmm. Then you got to pay, you know, an extra month.
0: Well, I think it's fully within their rights to say, hey, if we don't want you here as a player, we have the right to uh, to, to chuck you out any time we want to. I think that's fully within their rights. It's their game. It's their system. And I think they're also within their rights to say to uh, to a player, hey, you aren't allowed to use any kind of modification software on our game. And if you do, then you know we're going to bump you out of the game, too. But to go after him and sue him and uh, get a judgment against 45 him for million it? I think that's wrong. Ruined his life. Yeah.
9: Yeah, they they totally ruined his life. They took everything uh, from him, and all uh, 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 all the, the information is actually up on on his website. If you uh, if you go to it, it's, he's got all the court uh, the court papers and stuff there from it. It's um, I'd have to look it up, but uh, it's MMORPG I think dot com. Um,
0: Interesting. That's
9: the guy who basically ran Glider. That's that's the name of the program.
0: Wow, yeah, because I. Uh,
9: check it out. He's got all the court documents up there
0: for anybody to see. Yeah, I think that's. They definitely stepped over the line in that case. Was there anything else you wanted to share with us tonight? No, that's it. Thank Thanks, you. Ryan. I appreciate hearing from you at 800 259 9231. I don't know if that necessarily had to do with copyright so much as it does the litigious nature of the society in which we live. Would it have been enough for them to just come up with a way to identify if someone was running this particular code? and then boot them out of the game they have uh they're, they're these first person shooters I, I like the first person shooters you know you just go around and shoot things if they move basically and uh, in those games these days they have software that runs in tandem with the first person shooters called punkbuster and Punkbuster is constantly updated by the company that makes uh, Punkbuster, even balance, and it's constantly updated when new games come out, and they're you know they're always looking for new hacks and and things like that because there are really talented programmers out there who will crack into games and figure out ways to like make it so you can see through walls, for instance, or make it so your aim is better and things like that. And so this Punkbuster software looks for those. Hacks. It looks for those uh, additional robots or whatever, if you will, if you want to call them that, that uh, that a player might cheat with. These are cheating tools, basically. And if it identifies suspicious behavior like that, boom, you're out of the game. And if you do it again or you do it a certain amount
1: of times, you aren't getting back in. So, uh, you know, they'll ban it's, your CD key. The, the, the marketplace can handle this issue. That's, and they can do it yeah. without ruining someone's life for programming one program and making it available to people. Absolutely.
0: Toll-free numbers eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. Take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free. Bring up anything at 800-259-9231. Tonight it's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us, including archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, they're right there on the front page of the site
1: for your downloaded convenience. Totally free at freetalklive.com. He's the enemy of the state. He's the agent of the sovereign individual. He's Tad Galahad, Freedom Engineer. The anarcho-capitalist adventure series is complete, and you can read it in its entirety for free. Free? At free at peaceprosper.com. and I know how you love something that's free, and you can go read the entire uh, Freedom Engineer series at peaceprosper.com, and you can help Ben Woods construct Catalyxia. It's peaceprosper.com.
0: All right. Toll free numbers 800-259-9231. And that's a great uh, example right there. com. the uh, Freedom Engineering series. The author is giving away his product there since we're talking about copyright and we're talking about the idea of uh, of intellectual property in this case. That's a business model that I happen to support quite a bit. I mean, it's the way we do Free Talk Live. We give away our product and then uh, hopefully ask you to voluntarily support us through things like shopping at Amazon.freetalklive.com or gold.freetalklive.com or becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier. There are various different ways that you can support our show, if you like us, but we put the show out there first, and then collect uh, from those of you that are that are willing to help us out with that. And The same thing with uh, with Freedom Engineering. I presume he has a donation link, or isn't he offering a? Is there a hard copy version of the the book available out there?
1: Not currently, Not um, but uh, you know, if it gets enough reads, I suppose he'll do it. Maybe so, and uh, I imagine he would
0: accept a donation from somebody that uh, that wanted to. He's put all that time in writing that story over at
1: PeaceProsper.com. I think that uh, that's a a reasonable thing to ask he just wants to uh spread the, the the word of liberty that's what his main goal is ben woods
0: well maybe he wants to get his, his uh, name out there too as a, as a great liberty oriented writer that's another possibility too sure uh so you can bring up whatever you want here at 800-259-9231 and i i feel like i had something oh yeah i did have something intellectually property intellectual property related Now, since we're talking about uh, video games, that was kind of the discussion we were just having a moment ago, the video game fanatic, they, uh, they are out there and they are legion. Now, because the video game world is so diverse, there are so many different games and so many different systems and the fanatics can kind of split themselves up and be fanatical about one or two games and... And there are enough fanatics so from each game to really create a, a real community around those games. I mean, not just I'm not just talking about things like we've been discussing recently, the uh, the massively multiplayer online role playing games, but even games that are first person shooters and other types of games. RPG other RPGs or whatever any game type any game that's worth its salt is going to have a very very dedicated fan base in many cases these fans will make modifications for the game that aren't necessarily like uh, what the caller we were just talking to a moment ago was talking about what Ryan was pointing out he mentioned that there was a a particular mod uh, made for a game that essentially made it so the player didn't have to play that's kind of that's kind of a cheat mod, right? Because it allows you to take advantage of a system that other players are not they're not using. If the other players are not using that robot or not using that system, then it, it tips the balance of the game. That's not fair. But there are other people that that will modify games simply for the purpose of adding to. So they'll create their own levels, for instance. Uh, they'll create their own characters. They can create their own graphics uh, modifications. In some cases, they they can in many cases, rework the entire game. And game companies encourage this. In many uh, cases, game companies will release the tools that the user needs in order to manufacture their own content for the game. And in, in many cases, it'll be the actual developer's tools that the game company themselves actually develop the game with. They'll just... Either they'll release it with the game or they'll just put it up on their website and then the most fanatical people can go to the website and download these tools and use them to crank out, you know, unending amounts of content for the game. And it's a great it's a really smart move on the part of the game company because it extends the life of their game. Does that make sense to you, how it would do that? It's essentially, instead of just coming with the 25 levels that the game might come with, if you open up your game and you let people and you encourage
1: them to, uh, to contribute their own content to it, your game becomes endless. Right, well it's it's true if that a great game can become endless and then uh, making a game endless can make it a great game so it's this kind of, it's this dichotomy like Doom I think is a great example. It's an um, older
0: example, but yeah, it's yeah, one of the
1: first ones. Where... Right. It's it's a, it's a great example because a lot of people have made a lot of levels for Doom and if you like it, you can then take the game and, and which it is, it was a great game and then it got expanded and people go you know, bigger levels and all that kind of uh, thing and, and so, you know, it's it's, it keeps you from just having to play the same old game over and over. Yep. Uh, you know, and it, it adds it adds spice and variety to it.
0: In fact, some people. It's funny you bring up Doom. Uh, some people are so fanatical, and the game. If a game becomes so popular over time, what we've seen happen with older games like like Doom, which is kind of one of the granddaddies, if you will, of the first person shooter genre. Uh, first there was Wolfenstein 3D, then there was Doom, and uh. What happened was they released the source code for Doom, and I think it was in the late 90s. So the game it you know, it's pretty much
1: run its course. Run its course, right? It, they've made as much money as they're gonna make off of it.
0: They're still selling it. They were still selling it, I think, in the stores at, at that time. But essentially, what they did was ID Software released the source code of the game, the actual programming of the game, they released that into, pub, into the public domain. Now, they didn't release the graphics of the game, they just released the code. So technically, they weren't giving away the entire game, they were just giving away the actual uh, game portion of it, the engine of the game, if you will. And that allowed the people that were really fanatical and also had programming ability to start getting in there and tinkering with this code that honestly hadn't been touched in three, four, five years. They went in and all of a sudden, you've got five different versions of the same game available on the Internet. They upgraded uh, to higher resolution graphics. They upgraded to Internet play. This is a game that came out before the Internet was really in public, uh, the public domain. Right. Less people had high speed, too, at that time. Yeah, it was dial-up. When I was playing this game, it was you had to dial up your friend to, con- to connect to them to-, to play it. But they... Because they released the source code, the Fanatics went in, and they, they tinkered with it, and they made newer versions of, uh, of Doom. I was just actually uh, talking with Brad Jardis uh, today, and we were playing some Duke Nukem 3D, which is another one that uh, came out in the mid-1990s. Again, that that company released the source code for, and the most recent version of that game, which came out originally, I think, in 1996, was released in October of 2009. Because some fanatics are still in there tweaking and you know adding new features and uh, and things like that, and now you can go and play them online. So so there are some companies that are very encouraging toward uh, the these types of things, fan interaction, mm-hmm. fan creation, fan modification, innovation. And then there's Nintendo, according to blogofbile.com, where apparently what happened is Zelda. Which is a tremendously popular video game series.
1: I remember playing it, uh, shoot, in 88 or 87 or something like that. I mean, this franchise has been around a long time.
0: It's It's been around a long time, and for good reason. It's got a great story. It's got a, in many cases, the, the games have uh, wonderful gameplay, and it's a very, very interesting game. But Nintendo, I guess, doesn't really get it when it comes to allowing its fans to modify their ideas. And we'll talk about what exactly they did to some of their fans. I suppose they could have been a little more harsh, so they weren't as bad as they could have been. But we'll give you the info here in moments. 800-259-9231. It's it's pretty sad. 1-800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you are invited to take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com, and our features include the bulletin board system with over 500,000 posts, Uh, Those posts are there for you to get interactive with our other listeners. In fact, there are a couple thousand people registered there. Probably only a few hundred actually active uh, on the forum. But it's an interesting place to be. You'll find all kinds of discussions from the absolutely asinine to the very intelligent over at bbs.freetalklive.com.
1: At Manchester Brewing, prayer warriors are standing by 24-7, ready to intercede with Lord Elvis on your behalf. Manchesterbrewing.com. All
0: right. So we're going to continue here. Got a brief story from blogofbile.com. And it's a sad story about Nintendo shutting down something that its fans put together. And as we were talking about before, there are some companies that encourage their fans to uh, to create content for their games and to create things that are related to their games. Because the more their fans are out there creating things, the more people will talk about their game. The more people talk about their game, the more popular the game yep. is, the more copies of the game they're going to sell, the more copies of the sequel
1: they're going to sell. Right. You'd think that N- Nintendo would figure this out because it's not like they haven't had plenty of stinkers out there that didn't have any kind of... Uh, you know, excitement or conversation around them. But when people do have excitement around them, they go after them legally.
0: So here's what happened. Uh, The Hero of Time is a movie. Theherooftime.com is their website, but you won't be able to see it there because here's their most recent update posted on December 31st, as uh, cited over at blogabile.com. Hey, everyone, we wanted to let you know that December 31st was the last day that Hero of Time was available for viewing. We came to an agreement with Nintendo earlier this month to stop distributing the film. Now, I'd like to point out before I uh, read the rest of this that their worldwide public release announcement was December 14th, so Nintendo found out about this and jumped on them real quick. Uh back to the uh, the post in the spirit of the holiday season they were good enough to let us keep the movie up for you to watch and enjoy through the end of 2009 but not past 2009 we understand nintendo's right to protect its characters and trademarks and understand how in order to keep their property unspoiled by fans interpretation of the franchise nintendo needs to protect itself even from fan works with good intentions they go on to say that uh, it has been quite an adventure for us and we have a real sense of peace bringing the project to a close between the screenings and online release many of you were able to see the film and we hope and of course it's still available in torrent uh, But we right. hope to not have only inspired those of you that live breathe and dream Zelda but we also hope to have inspired all of you aspiring filmmakers it inspired all of you aspiring filmmakers out there thank you again for all your patience with the project and we hope you had as much fun watching our movie as we did making it and uh, so they have their project their fan film that they clearly spent a lot of time on. It's a very professional-looking website. They had it crapped on by the creator of the so-called intellectual property in the first place.
1: You know, it makes me wonder um, how much of the fan are they of Nintendo and their Zelda um, franchise now? now? Right. Like, they imagine the passion that it took – Because they didn't make money on this. This isn't a release like other movies. They're not charging money to watch this. Nope. This is just a freebie on the internet. These people did it simply because of their passion for this work. Not only that, they made it clear, according to Blog of Bile,
0: and in fact you can see the disclaimer right on the front of their website, and it likely appears in the film as well. I have not seen it, however. Uh, But according to uh, Bile... There are no fraud or theft that was performed uh, by the makers of the film. Nintendo had no right to threaten them with trademark or copyright infringement. The authors made it abundantly clear that they were not Nintendo or working on behalf of Nintendo or connected to them in any way. So they made it crystal clear. Hey, this is a fan film. This is something we did because we love this franchise. And Nintendo told them,
1: yeah, you're gonna have to remove that. Hey, look, and I, you know, I guess it's Nintendo's right to do that. That is their intellectual property. I just consider it a really stupid move on the part of this company. But that's just it. I, that's, mean,
0: I disagree. It is not their right to do that. It was their video camera. It was their costume. It was their script. They were the ones that took the time and the effort to put all of this together. Did they use some of the the characters and the ideas that somebody else came up with? Yeah, they did. But so effing what? But
2: they're biting the hand that feeds them, aren't they?
0: Who, Nintendo is? Yes.
2: Sure they are. Their customers feed them. If their customers are that excited about their product and maybe want to play a
0: little bit, why
2: not? What, and, what's the problem?
0: And listen to them echoing what Nintendo's excuse was, right? And They say in their in their letter to their fans, we understand Nintendo's right to protect its characters and trademarks, and understand how in order to keep their property unspoiled by fans' interpretation of the franchise, the Nintendo needs to protect itself, even from fan works with good intentions.
1: Hey, you know, um, it's, it's interesting, uh, Films, you know, big filmmaking company yeah. star wars you'd think they'd need to protect themselves too but they allow fan works they don't really? they don't they don't go and ruin the lives of their uh, of of the the people that uh, you know p- put their time and energy blood sweat and tears into projects that you know just because they love something i think that's wonderful and has that
0: has the fact that lucas or Lucasfilm uh, re- allowing fan films to exist reduce their ticket sales? Has it reduced the popularity of their franchise? Come on now. So what I think is interesting though is that Nintendo made it sound like, well, we want to keep our property unspoiled by fans' interpretation. You know, that's the reason we're doing this. We need to make our we need to make sure our property is is pure. We've got our plot here and uh, our canon, and we don't want your uh, your little fan film to be confused or to confuse our fans. But I was actually watching, uh, there's a very entertaining uh, chap, he calls himself the Angry Video Game Nerd, and he has his own YouTube channel, and what he does is he takes video games, and mostly Nintendo games, and he reviews them, the bad ones. He goes through and and forces himself to play some of the worst games of all time, and creates very entertaining uh, 10 minute shorts for for YouTube. And uh, well, actually, they, they're posted somewhere else, but nonetheless, you can find his channel on YouTube. And he's very very popular. But one of the things that he he'll do sometimes is just rant about some of the silliness in uh, in the business. And he picked on Zelda at one point. Now he loves the Zelda games, but there are so many of the games that were created at various different points in time by various different, uh, you know, game designers. There's no consistency no between continuity. them there there's no you you can't follow what's going on because the, the original game wasn't necessarily created with the idea that it would have 20 sequels or however many different zelda games there have been so they, they've just they've gone all over the place and there's while there's some while there's some connection between some of the games there's no consistency there's no canon there's nothing that's you know it's not like it's not as uh, as consistently put together as a series of films, for instance. And even in films there are some inconsistencies. So I think it's just ludicrous. It's just a ludicrous excuse on Nintendo's part to say, well, oh, we, we don't want our, our properties to be uh, spoiled
1: by a fans interpretation. Well I uh, you know it's just ludicrous. It, it you know it's, Leave it's... them alone. I, it seems to me that there's uh, lots of examples of, uh, uh, of of the you know other companies allowing this, and I it doesn't make it doesn't make any sense that Nintendo would do this. It it seems to me that these companies that do this just don't understand that they're alienating the people Absolutely. that are their greatest disciples out there. Now, as far as I'm concerned, I do believe that intellectual property exists. I'm just of the opinion that it is the responsibility of the company that uh, you know that owns it or the person that owns that in intellectual property to protect it. Um, I, I don't think the th- market's speaking in this case. The market
0: right. is going to speak to them. Luckily Zelda's popular enough to where it's probably not going to go down as a franchise as a result of this <laughs> one move, but they're they're not going to few of their sales out.
1: Right. And and you know, I mean w- w- wouldn't it be great if there were a couple of kids out there that could do free talk live voices, uh, you know, that um you know that, that they could could have, you know, one of them could imitate my deep and and uh, dulcet tones and one of them could <laughs> sound like a smarmy jerk and uh, then, you know, they, they could they could do <laughs> a little little and uh you know they would they push it and they get us more listeners that'd be awesome.
0: By the way, if you want to see a great example of a Star Wars fan film, look no further than Chad Vader. Oh my god, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the new laser checkout system. <laughs> Chad
0: what's it called? Chad <laughs> Vader, uh manager uh, <laughs> night night shift
1: manager yeah. or something like that. Yeah, Darth oh.
0: Vader has been relegated to working at a grocery store it's overnight's Vader's brother. Oh, really? Yeah, Chad Vader's Darth Vader. It's the same outfit, though. It's a Darth Vader outfit. (laughs) It's hilarious. All right, more coming up here. You can bring up anything in the remaining moments of Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Enough time for your call if you make it now to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Wade. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. As we continue here, uh, we will take your calls about absolutely anything. You guys, uh, Mark, you'd pulled up the Chad Vader, the very first episode of that uh, on YouTube during the break, and you were showing it to Wayne, who had not uh, not yet seen it. Now, Wayne, I mean, you saw the first couple minutes there. It's a pretty cool little uh, fan film, right?
2: It is. And the question, of course, is. Is there a likelihood of confusion? Would you think uh, the (laughs) LucasArts did that? No. Of course not. Of course not. Although it is very slickly done, and you can tell the guy has some filmmaking skills. It not just an amateur doing something like this, but
1: it's a spoof. It's a, it's a spoof and it's a tribute to Star yeah, Wars. It's I ab- think absolutely. Um, you know, ab- obviously, uh, what what is what is the greatest form of uh, um compl- flattery, flattery. flattery imitation yeah. Yeah. imitation? Yeah, that's 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 what I was looking for. But it it, it it's it's awesome and it's pure genius. And uh, you know, they, they they trotted it out for a little while longer, and I can't say that I didn't enjoy the, some of the other mm-hmm. episodes, but nothing compares to the first episode of Chad Vader. Um. As far as, you know, the rest like of the, the episodes. Yeah, it's it's really awesome. <laughs> and, I, you know, I, I enjoyed it again. I enjoy it newly every time I see it. It's uh, it's one of the the, the truly great uh, Internet little films that are out there. I also like Terrible Terry Tate.
0: Now, have you seen now, – now, that wasn't actually – No, that, uh, was a, that was a commercial. That was by Reebok, if yeah. I understand it. But uh, now, have you seen any of the other Star Wars uh, fan films? I,
1: I, I've my seen. My board people, op
0: is recommending troops. Apparently,
1: I've seen people do seen um, uh, like little little things with Legos and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, the, acting them out, and I've I've enjoyed those. Um, but I've
0: seen. I, I have not seen one in its entirety, but I became aware of one that was like very professional looking with. Uh, you know, with the lightsaber effects and everything like that, to where I was a serious Star Wars fan. Wow! Like nothing I would really ever want to go and watch myself in a uh, theater.
1: You wouldn't pay for it, but you you would watch it on, on YouTube. Right? Personally,
0: no. I'm not a I'm not a huge Star Wars fan, okay. so yeah. I I'm I wouldn't go and, and do anything like that. I like this because it's a it's a comedy one and it's yeah. it's parody and it's funny. But even the ones that are serious, even the ones that are taking uh, the actual characters from Star Wars and putting them in serious Star Wars related circumstances that actually spend some level of money on effects. and And are using professional level equipment and things like that, let them. Let them go out there and create whatever it is that they that they want to create. Who who cares? Let them do it. And and I, th- I think it's great that Lucas Arts or Lucas Films is uh, is a okay with that. I yeah, think that's fantastic. there's
1: there's another one out there. It's uh it's done to the tune of uh, MC Chris's uh, Boba Fett or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a it's it's done in the the Star Wars uh, massively multiplayer online role playing game, the Mork or whatever that those things are called. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they get they got Boba Fett in there dancing and and doing all kinds of stuff and and that's really awesome. I I like I prefer listening to the version that has the expletives bleeped out just because I you know I I don't need to to have them in in my version and I feel that it's it's more clever the way they do it. But um I you know that's another great one that you can see.
0: So let's change gears and go elsewhere. You are welcome to bring up anything at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Wayne, you had something about health insurance. Somebody is fed up with the system, and or the system that's been proposed, at least. What are they saying? Yes, uh, one of my old
2: friends, Mike Adams, the health ranger, wrote an article just recently. The health
0: ranger! The health ranger,
2: crew cut and all. As an American, I refuse to buy mandatory health insurance that supports corrupt conventional medicine. Even if Obama's health care reform bill becomes law, mandating that all Americans buy health insurance policies for a failed system of sick care, I would refuse to comply. I've read the U.S. Constitution and its Bill of Rights, and nowhere in that document do I find that the federal government has the power of, or, to force consumers to purchase for-profit insurance products from private companies.
0: The oh, ver- don't worry. You'll can choose. you be able to choose one from the federal government.
2: Yes, well, you can see that starting to creep in. Yeah. The very basis of health care reform at its core is unconstitutional in this bill. Uh, if this mandate is allowed to stand... It sets a dangerous precedent for the U.S. government to require us to purchase other products and services from whatever industries it chooses to support
0: i don't think it's very new i mean uh, i come from florida where they require you have car insurance in fact most states require that uh, that you have car insurance
1: right but that's a difference um the, the 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 idea here being is that the federal government doesn't need to be stepping on the purview of states and that uh, you know power's not delegated directly oh, in the constitution um to the federal government or so left to the states and those the people state- individually and uh, the, so the, the state might be able to legitimately mandate that somebody has health insurance whereas
0: not a lame excuse, though. Is he saying that he'd be all right with it if the state of whatever he lives in mandated it?
2: Uh, no, not really. He, okay. he's, he's, he's saying basically that uh, uh, any law forcing us to buy pharmaceuticals at thousands of dollars a year uh, or forcing us to purchase um, man-made, automob- I'm sorry, U.S.-made automobiles in order to boost the automobile industry, all these things, these types of things are, are unconstitutional and, and ridiculous.
0: No, I, I absolutely agree with him. I'm just being a, a little, uh, I'm, I'm being a little short, I guess, on this uh, or with him on this because it seems like, well, they've already been mandating all kinds of things. I'm glad people are finally getting fed up. I guess this is maybe this will be the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak. Uh, I hope so, at least. I hope that more people like him will say, well, I'm not going to go along with this. I'm not going to buy your man. – I'm not going to go with your mandate. I'm not going to participate. I'm not going to obey. And that could result in – I mean, that's essentially civil disobedience. It's, sure. it's non-cooperation. It could result in him going to jail.
2: Well, he actually um, – besides a link to the 10th Amendment Center dot com, which actually has a lot of articles on – nullification around the country right now. It seems to be that a lot of uh, states, a lot of people in many states right now are talking about nullification like never before because of this health care bill. Tenth Amendment Center, uh, the the guy who runs that
1: is a listener
2: of our show. Live. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. yeah, It is cool. So he, he also says our right to choose has been stolen away. In addition to the very serious legal problems with government-mandated private health insurance, this health care reform law strips away my right to choose what type of medicine I wish to be treated with. I don't find any credibility in the drugs and surgery approach to healthcare. as I don't either, personally. The pharmaceutical industry is riddled with scientific fraud, quackery, corruption, and criminal behavior, much of it documented right out in the open, and some of it undocumented. Its drugs are approved by a corrupt, dishonest regulatory agency, the FDA, that has abandoned science in its quest to push more drugs onto the people. Mm. Why should I, as a free American, be forced to pay money to a system that I know... To be largely based on fraud. If I had a choice, (laughs) that's a
0: question you could have asked uh, any old time. I mean, the whole government system is based on fraud, and we've been forced to pay into it for a long time.
2: That's that's right. He says, I find it highly offensive that my own government would threaten me with a financial penalty if I refuse to pay money to such a racket. It's much like being forced to pay a protection fee to the mob. Yes, it is. It's much like that. Yes. With this health care reform decision, our government has now become the enforcement branch of the big pharma crime ring, using the powers of the IRS to, to intimidate people into handing over their money to a gang of dishonest corporations that have found the As though the government is way. honest?
0: Right. I, I don't know if I really appreciate the uh, the perspective this guy is coming from. He's acting like you know the pharmaceutical companies are the crime ring, and all of a sudden now they've roped these nice government people into it who are going to help them out uh, raising some funds.
1: Yeah. I think it's that- the
0: government that's the crime ring and they're being used by the the various different corporations to enhance their uh, their profitability yeah, he,
2: he comes from kind of a, a left libertarian point of view and I' don't, sometimes uh, you know people like that need to understand that that corporations get their charters from government
0: it's so the, the biggest corporation it, it yes. is the the parent corporation of all the others
2: that's right But uh, basically, and and the other really good point that he makes, though, is is why would you want to force people to buy insurance that they can't afford to begin with?
0: (laughs) Well, uh, I guess the idea is they're going to have it taken out of their paychecks, so they'll be affording it whether they like it or not,
2: right? Theoretically, if they're working, what if they're not working?
0: Well, that's just it, right? I mean, who, who is going to be covered by this and who isn't? I've heard them, whenever the media talks about this, this proposal, they'll say that most Americans will have to buy health insurance. And what does that mean? I mean who are the people that won't? Is right. it people that are like me that are self-employed that don't have an employer? Will they be forcing me to do it? People that that pay taxes are they the ones that are? are I suspect to do
1: it? that's the ones because that, what they don't want to say is that, um, that that they don't get nearly as many tax returns as you might believe that mm-hmm. they do. I, I think that the number and and please don't quote me on this coming off the top of my head here, but I think that there's 120, 120 million. million. 120 million tax returns turned in, and there are more than 300 million people in the United States. There are a lot of people that aren't turning in tax returns. Yeah, but
0: not all 300 are over the age of 18 or, or under the age retired. of
1: 65. Yeah. I think that if you're, um, you know, I, I, and also some of them file jointly. Um, uh, some so of so them, you're probably looking, looking at 200
0: million people or something right. like Who that. Who
1: knows what the numbers are, but there yeah. are, uh, let, let's be conservative, 50 million people that aren't filing tax returns that are supposed to be? Yeah, how are they going to find all them and force them to buy health Right, insurance? they're not doing it now. They can't no. even force them to pay income tax, let yeah. alone carry uh, health insurance. Well,
0: I hope that people like this guy take it to the next step, and instead of just refusing to buy the health insurance, they refuse to pay taxes, period. That's what needs to happen. All right, we're done. It's been Ian here with you. Edway and Mark. And more tomorrow night. Join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as three bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And
1: here's Mark. All right, so it's it's another special edition of the Edgington Post, I, and there's been a lot of them with uh, Ian on here, but uh, we, we're, I'm bringing back my co-host Ian from Free Talk Live, and um, we've got Michael Tig from Tiger Light uh, again because uh, Michael, you know, I've, you've got such an innovative product that I'm I'm so interested in that I've gotten Ian interested in it, and and he has some questions that he wants to ask about uh, the Tiger Light and find out more about it, and um, I thought so I thought I'd bring bring you on rather than just talk off the We might as well talk on the air so that everybody can benefit from these questions, right? Sounds great. Okay, cool. So, um, you know, tell us quickly about the Tiger Light, and then um, Ian can ask you what he's going to ask.
11: Okay, well, in summary, uh, and I'm sure, you know, some of your readers have already heard this, so I'll try to be uh, a little more succinct this time around, but in summary, the Tiger Light is a non-lethal defense system. It's been in use by police, special forces, military, uh, for the last uh, almost 10 years, uh, we recently introduced a model at, at the frequent request of of military and police personnel that that could be used uh, more easily by civilians. Uh, it's purse size. We we constantly had requests. And in fact, the very first conference I ever went to had three generals with their entourage came up come up to our booth and and they each ordered two of the larger tiger lights, and then one of them came back. A few minutes later, he said, "You know, this is a this is a great idea. Have you ever thought about uh, making one? You know, making this in a purse size our wives could carry." And they recognized right away that it offers some significant advantages, and in fact, uh, it has proven to be the most effective non-lethal weapon in the world. And what it is essentially is a high-intensity flashlight that incorporates pepper spray into it. Now, people think when they hear that that they know what it does because they know what pepper spray does, but that couldn't be further from the truth. We've gone to departments that had a 50% stop rate with their belt-carried pepper spray, we've had a 98% stop rate in the same department. Not only that, but it, it, it's uh, used in probably 80% of the incidents in which a Tiger Light is used, a can of pepper spray never would have even been used in the first place.
5: Uh, particularly Why is in, that?
11: In well, with police, you know, the, the pepper spray is carried on their belt, the flashlights in their hand. Uh, we just had an officer, uh, unfortunately, uh, shot and killed uh night before last uh, here in Utah. Uh, she was a deputy, uh, pulled uh, a suspect over, and uh, she was getting out of her car and, and walking to his. Uh, he got out of his and just shot her. Oh, jeez. And now, uh, uh, you know, in this particular situation, um, even a Tiger Light couldn't have saved her. Uh, you know, the guy had an AK-47, and he shot her, you know, from a distance. And uh, uh, so, but uh, situations like that all the time happen where officers walk up the vehicles, and, you know, the, the, the person's in their vehicle, and they pull a gun and, and try to shoot the officer. The, the Tiger Light has saved a number of officers' lives in those situations where they've been able to, uh, you know, in fact, when they found her, she had her flashlight. You know, she was, uh, of course, dead uh, on, the, on the freeway, and the, other, and the guy was gone. They caught them, uh, two su- uh, suspects today, actually, uh, which is a good thing, but uh, they found her, you know, on the freeway with her flashlight still in her hand because that's the one thing, you know, an officer almost always has in her hand is, is a flashlight when we turn the flashlight into a non lethal weapon uh, it completely changed uh, defensive tactics for law enforcement. because it, What it does, it's, it's stealth, so the other person does not know you have a weapon. And it, and it reduces your response time from probably a, 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 at least a second and a half or more down to around a tenth of a second. And so that difference is uh, very frequently the difference between life and death. And so that, that uh, but but also, uh, you know, people wonder, we've had departments call us and say, you know, ask, us actually challenges as, as to what we're putting in the Tiger Light, because they've, you know, in their 20 years of, of law enforcement experience, have never seen uh, pepper spray have the effect on people that the Tiger Light does. And it, it's, it's because the person getting sprayed by the Tiger Light does not have a chance to close his eyes, hold his breath, turn his face, shield his face, or any of those other things that they will typically do. They may not have a chance to, they may not be able to get out of the way of the spray, but they do those other things. Particularly, they close, uh, I'm sorry, they hold their breath. This makes a huge, huge difference because you get a guy that's on meth or PCP or some other drug, which many of these individuals that are engaged in these activities uh, are on, they're not feeling the pain. So they can actually fight through the pain, but it may, it may shut their eyes. They may be fighting with their eyes closed, but they're still doing it, or they may still be able to attack a person. Uh, you know, even though they, uh, a normal person would have been deterred by, you know, by the the pain, uh, they're not. And so, uh, for example, in Passaic County, New Jersey, they had a, a below 50% stop rate uh, with their belt carried pepper spray. You know, professional grade police pepper spray and they were having to fight these guys after they sprayed them. Uh, in three years with the Tiger Light, they've not had a single reported failure to stop, not one situation reported where they've had to use additional force after spraying them. And the, the head of the academy actually called and asked what we were putting in the spray because he just didn't believe that it could possibly do that. He had witnessed it used on a on a guy on meth who was so wired up he had beat a guy nearly to death in a fist fight. And they went to arrest him, and he jumped up on the back of the police car and challenged all the police officers. And, and the guy walked up with, him with a tiger light, told him to get off the car. He's under arrest. And he, you know, told him where to go. And and the officer just blasted him with a tiger light, and it just devastated him. He said he'd never seen anything like it.
1: Yeah, all they do and, after that is yeah. lay, on, lay on the ground and wiggle. I mean, there's yeah. there's yeah. just I mean, nothing it, they it, can it do.
11: In fact, in our in our in our tests, uh, it's been really interesting. It Has been from the from day one. Uh, we ask in, in our, our surveys, the department will usually do what they call a field test or, or, or T&E test and evaluation, and they, they will fill out forms saying, you know, and one of the questions is, what? how did the subject respond when sprayed with the tiger light? And we got responses all the time. Very frequently they would say, dropped as if headshot. And that, that was very unusual because the individuals don't usually drop to the ground uh, when they're sprayed with pepper spray, because it doesn't knock them down, uh, it's just real painful. Uh, when I, you know, when I got sprayed with it the first time, I was ready for it. I held my breath. I got sprayed, and and I stood there. I didn't I didn't drop to the ground. It was, but it was you know extremely painful. But I but I held held my breath because I knew it was coming. Uh, one other time, I got sprayed on accident. <laughs> I won't. I won't say how it how it happened, but I, let's just say I was messing around with a can in a way I shouldn't have been, and and uh, it blasted me right in the face, unexpected, and it was a completely different experience. I mean, I was it put fear in me because I couldn't breathe, I couldn't get, I was gasping for air. The pain in that situation was actually secondary. It was extreme, but I was far more concerned about the difficulty I was having getting oxygen, and and that's what happens. They like get these guys on the PCP. I may be attacking, trying to, you know, rape a woman or attack an officer or whatever it might be or rob somebody, you know, who knows. But when they get sprayed with the tiger light because they don't see it coming, it affects the respiratory system. And we actually accelerate the spray. We do some other things, too, to, to enhance that even more. Uh, our spray is coming out of that, that canister in that T100. That spray is coming out at, at more than twice the velocity of any other can. And so it's getting to the target quicker. It's traveling in the respiratory system further. It's having, having more effect that way, but but that's that's second on the list of why it's effective. It's effective because it is it is getting to their respiratory uh, uh, system and 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 putting them down. Actually, the reason they drop to the ground, uh, we determine it's it's a psychological response. It's basically saying, I give up, I yeah. quit. You don't have to do anything else. And it's it's and that's from talking to subjects who've been sprayed by it. Uh, in fact, we've had subjects that were sprayed who've been sprayed before, and asked the officers what it was because they said that you know, and and, and actually said the officers you know that in the middle of the after being sprayed and they're you know they're crying out and saying you know what is that? That's not pepper spray. what did you spray me with? And because they they really don't even think it was pepper spray because it's it's so the effect is so much more devastating.
0: So it's and,
11: but yet we, we have we have no injuries. We have a perfect record uh, uh, in, in ten years. of, of, you know, no injuries, no problems caused by it. Uh, L.A. County did a huge study, had a 96% stop rate, the highest rate of any weapon they've ever tested, Uh, non-lethal I'm referring to. uh, But I don't know that a lethal weapon is any higher than
0: 96%. When you say stop rate, Michael, what what does that mean?
11: What it means is, did the officer have to do anything else after the subject was sprayed to gain compliance? Okay? That's what it means. Uh, and, uh, you know, prior to that, they probably had uh, at, at that department, I think, somewhere, you know, 50 to 60 percent stop rate, meaning that, you know, they would spray somebody and they wouldn't comply or they continued to attack, and it resulted in a higher level of force. Their big goal with the Tiger Light was to reduce what they classify as significant force. That's anything above pepper spray because everything else is is contact, either baton or, or, or even a taser or, or a gun or fists or elbows or knees or whatever, uh, and results in more injuries, more liability, more lawsuits, you know, and all those kinds of things. So, uh, you know, with the Tiger Light, they were hoping they could reduce that. Well, they were hoping for, for a 2 to 3% reduction in the use of significant force. They, would, they, they told us ahead of time that that, that would be a win. Uh, because that equates to, you know, dollar savings and injuries and, and everything else. Well, it was 10 times that. It was a 25% overall reduction, 31% when adjusted for the increase in the number of arrests. And, and they had at the same time, they had a 96% stop rate on an average of 2.6 subjects at a time. So you've got this incredible stop rate, multiple su- uh, multi-subject capability, uh, and it has a, the effect lasts 30 to 40 minutes. So it's much, much longer than some of the other devices, thumb devices and those kinds of things where, you know, they're, they're effective for five seconds and then they're ready to go and really mad. <laughs> so, you know, th- it has a lot of advantages and, and really no, no disadvantage. I mean, sometimes people worry about, you know, blowback. Or yeah, that was going to be my question. End. What
0: about the wind? I mean, we live up here yeah. in New Hampshire. It can be it's, a little windy sometimes.
11: Well, that, that's really the, the the problem with that is really highly overrated. People who have used it and, and been using the TIGI for years really put that really low on the list because when you're in an encounter and your you know your life is potentially threatened, uh, you know getting a little bit of pepper spray blowback on yourself uh, uh, is not a big issue because you know if, if the wind's blowing in your face, you know you're going to get blowback. And, and so, you know, when, when you spray somebody, you're going to do a couple of things. Right when you spray them, you're going to, if you're smart and you know, know what you should do, you're going to spray them and move, of course, uh, from where you are. Um, and uh, you're going to, you know, turn away and, and hold your breath and close your eyes. I've gone right out here uh, right here in our parking lot and sprayed into the wind on purpose just to see, you know, what the effect would be. And, and all I did is I sprayed the wind. I turned my head away, held my breath for a few seconds, I waited for it to blow by, and closed my eyes for a few seconds. And it blew by, and I walked away. And and you know I felt some you know burning sensation on my on my skin, um, but the effect was really very minimal compared to the effect it's going to have on the guy that that takes it in the face. Now, if you're blowing into the wind, it might you know depending on the velocity of the wind, it might not spray as far. It well, it won't spray as far. Uh, so, you know, if you're with the wind, it might spray 20, 20, 30 feet. But if you're against the wind, it might spray, you know, four, five, six feet.
0: Well, how close uh, are... I mean, most uh, attacks happen relatively close proximity.
11: 90, 90% of all pepper sprays are within two to four feet. They're, they're almost always close proximity. People worry a lot about... Well, so how far will it spray? Because they're hoping they can spray something while it's far away. But in reality, that's not usually the case. Most attacks are initiated from close proximity. And, you know, that, that's why the, the Tiger Light, you know, people are jogging. Uh, you know, my, my daughter got attacked by a, a huge uh, uh, dog, uh, weighed 80 pounds more than her, uh, part bull mastiff and something else. I don't know what it was, but... She completely didn't even see it come and hit her from behind. Well, she had no time. And, you nearly know, knocked her to the ground and, and, and continued the attack. I mean, it, it was intent to, to do serious harm uh, to her. And uh, luckily, its first attack, it, it went for her arm and uh, got the clothing, ripped three layers of clothing off her, off her body. But uh, uh, she swung around with the tiger light, and, and it, was, it was already leaping for her face. And she hit it about one foot from her face, and she just turned her face away, and uh, uh, hit it, and it just let out a big old yelp and took off running. But if she wouldn't have had that in her hand, finger on the trigger, it would have been a whole different story. And that's what we train people to do, and that's why the tiger was designed what it was, the way it is. You see that that, that uh, T100, it's incredibly ergonomic. I mean, it just fits anybody's hand just beautifully. I mean, you can hardly hardly tell it's in your hand.
1: Yeah, so Michael. I think that, that so, Sorry, Michael. I think that's the most important part about this is that, you know, it's unlike anything else. You don't, you know, people don't carry guns. You can't carry guns, um, you know, with you all the time. People don't don't carry them every place. You but, certainly can't tote it around in your hand. Right. You it, but you can carry the tiger light right there out in your hand. It nothing's faster. Nothing's more effective. You can't buy your wife or even yourself a, a a flashlight and a can of pepper spray and replicate this. I mean, there's a pepper no, uh, there can't. was a we had a can of pepper spray that I had gotten for my wife and it sat around because she wouldn't put it in her purse, she wouldn't carry it. So um but well, but the tiger light is entirely different.
11: You're exactly right and and, and that is probably as important as anything I've said.
1: <laughs> it uh, is.
11: or more important because it's it, it you know, we tell people all the time, it, it doesn't matter what you have. It's not in your hand. I mean, there was a lady, a, a, a probation officer, that was raped on 4 South and Main Street at 4.30 in the afternoon in downtown Salt Lake just a couple of months ago. it was uh, You can see it on the KSL News website. Now you see it on our website. We have a link to it. And, you know, here she is walking across in an open-air parking lot. She wasn't in a parking garage, open air, walking to her car, and the guy's hiding underneath the car, trips her, and raped her at 9 point right there. Well, she had a gun. She had a gun. It was on her. But she couldn't get to it. And yet she had had a tiger light, and, and, and so she got raped with hundreds of people all around her, all around, walking to the cars. It was 4.30 in the afternoon. People were getting off work. And this guy was just crazy enough to attempt this in in that situation. And he succeeded. And, you know, she, if she had had a tiger light in her hand, you know, just... Uh, it's very simple. You, you know, if, if you're a woman, you have it in your purse, and, and when you go to watch your car or from the mall at work or whatever it is, or you're going jogging, hiking, whatever doesn't matter, you just slip your hand into it. It's got that hand strap on it, which is also critical, because 90% of the time weapons, uh, if they're in a person's hand, when they're physically attacked, that weapon gets dropped. Mm. And so if, if that's the case, 96% of the time, and the experts have come to us and, and, and told us that, in fact, we had one of the top experts in the, in the country, I mean, he trains Navy SEALs, trains, you know, celebrity uh, uh, bodyguards and everything else. And, and he, he called and bought 28 uh, T-100s when he saw it on TV while he was working out at a gym in L.A. And, and called up and I talked to him. He said, that hand strap is the most important thing you have on there. And he told us about the studies they had done and all the tests. And he said, because, you know, uh, even having it in your hand, most people they get physically attacked
0: it's going to get knocked out of their hands. It's a really neat device, Michael. We're kind of short on time here. What's the special offer for Free Talk Live
1: listeners? Yeah, we had one for um, we had one previously for uh, you know the the Christmas holiday special, and um, you know I you know we, we, I think it's such a great product I want to continue offering it. So.
11: Well, we we you know, it's I mean the Tiger light would be a great buy at, at just regular price, but we have this this. Uh, television infomercial offer, and, I, and, and we're going to offer it to you. You can't get it on our website, uh, on the Tiger Light website, but if you go uh, to your website, your link, uh, it'll, it'll link you to another site um, that uh, has this offer on it, and it's, it's uh, an incredible offer. It's a $175 package for $99.96, uh, the only thing I do recommend, uh, if you offer and has additional discounts, uh, you can you can do a buy three get one free, which a lot of people are doing, mm. and get them for their family members, and 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 you're only paying, in that case, seventy five dollars uh, for a hundred seventy five dollar package, and then we have offer a uh, a charger for half price, which is really giving the charger away for free. It's a it's a forty dollar charger with two batteries, AC DC adapters, it's a fast smart charger, and. Uh, that's only uh, we're only asking nineteen, I think it's nineteen ninety five or nineteen ninety eight for that. Yeah. So uh, folks can, as go as Ty- awesome. can go to they can
0: go to tiger. Freetalklive. Com to learn more about the Tiger Light and uh, go ahead and order it for less
1: than a hundred bucks. Right. Yeah. And the charger is um, absolutely <laughs> makes it extraordinarily convenient.
11: Yeah, you got to get the charger. I recommend that very highly. We're re- you're really getting the charger for free because the uh, rechargeable lithium batteries are ten bucks a piece and you get two of them with the charger. So. You're, you're really just paying for the batteries, getting the whole charging system and, and the adapters and everything for free. So uh, it's a it's a great offer. And you can get them personalized, too. So you can have each person's uh, 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 a name put on the light, and that's regularly $12. And with this offer, you get it for $2. So okay. uh, it's, a, it's a great, great deal.
0: Michael, thanks so much for, uh, for coming on and talking about the Tiger Light again, because it is a neat product. And I was so jealous when Mark brought it in here, and he said, I got one. Well, where's mine? Oh, I forgot all about you. <laughs> Uh so thank you for coming on again. carry you there. <laughs> Michael, I hope you have a good night. Uh thanks for co- uh, coming on here again. That's tiger.freetalklive.com. Good night, Michael.
10: Thank you. Thanks. All right.